Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Knife Nuts Podcast. I know it's been a while, but hopefully we're back on track now. How's everybody doing? We're running out of excuses for why it's taking so long. This time was pretty good, though, set of excuses. Dude, it was like one thing after another. With yeah, you. like house, and then I, I didn't have anything, but I'll claim I did. And You know, you buying your house. Yeah, the, at least I'm in the house now. The, the the knife nuts headquarters now. No, yeah, it's seriously knife nuts. Headquarters. It's gonna be like the Heaven's Gate cult house in L.A. We're all gonna move into it and start wearing matching purple outfits. As long as it ends in mass suicide, I'm okay. With all right, it. I'm glad someone got that reference. But yeah, I'm doing okay. Guys, Brian, I'm good. Jake, I'm fantastic. What a whirlwind of a week, huh? Yeah, you guys had had yourself a big weekend. Oh my god, so much knife stuff. Which is funny, because I yeah. had a lot of non-knife stuff. I feel pretty much exhausted in the same way, but from a completely different topic. Yeah, you can feel free to like just sit out entirely from this podcast. Oh no, I have lots of questions. For, for our viewers, or listeners, for our listeners, I have not really asked Levon or Jake or Brian anything about this show, so this will all be new to me, so you're seeing candid reactions. That's, that's true, I, and uh, I agree. I think it'll be much better. You haven't seen or heard yeah, really anything more than, in, than Instagram. I was so busy that, it, like, at this conference that I didn't even look at Instagram, so I am about as naive as a source as possible about this, so I think that'll work. What else is new? But, first of all, before we get into anything serious, including acquisitions from the show... I don't even know. I don't even know if I can go over the pile of stuff that I brought. I think you're kind of obligated to this. <laughs> that's like the coolest part. I, but okay. I know it's not. Right. You're going to give me the line about meeting people, but the knives. Yeah, that's what I got to do. I got to do the line about meeting people. Yeah. I just want to say thank you to the ridiculous number of you guys that came up to us at the show to tell us how much you appreciate the podcast and it, it i yes. just blown away by the reaction like we didn't start this with any sort of expectations whatsoever nope uh, seriously that's why it's called knife nuts it has a really stupid fucking name <laughs> but you know whether you are a collector a maker or just uh some sort of enthusiast uh, we really appreciate everything you said and everybody who came up to us we we just want to say thank you I was going to say I just couldn't agree more. Um, standouts were Tom Crine <laughs> from 100 feet away. Uh, uh, first day I had a Knife Nuts t-shirt on, and uh, I just hear from, from afar, Which one are you? <laughs> Yo, Knife Nuts, which one are you? How, how are you going to drop the uh, exclusive Knife Nuts merchandise without even letting me know? I didn't even know we had t-shirts. Uh, well, we didn't. That was a, a surprise for my wife, exclusively for showgoers. Damn! Shout out to um, wife. So we're going to do as much as possible to make you just feel awful about missing this show. Um, Go ahead. So it started before you even knew with my my wife not making you a T-shirt. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then a similar experience with the crew back at the Chris Reeve table. Oh god! And then uh, just awesome, awesome, great times talking to everyone in the you know. On both sides of the tables, uh, I, I had just as much fun talking to the you know the people who were walking around shopping as the as the makers and uh, purveyors, and it, it was just great, just a great group. Really good time. I was mentally and physically exhausted. And I feel like I still am. I feel like everything is just catching up to me today. I went back. That's, to, I went back that's to work, and it was you know shit show. Yeah, that that's 
partially because of the after party. <laughs> oh god, the after. Which party. maybe we'll get to. Yeah, get to that later. Yeah, second hour. On a, on a related topic, I mean, I know it wasn't there, but like in terms of fan appreciation, it's just uh, kind of amazing how many people like have even just DM'd me the least visible member, at least in terms of follower count and whatnot. And it's just, it's it's really flattering and pretty humbling how many people have said they enjoyed the podcast and whatnot. Because I really, honestly, I would do this if no one listened to it just to get my thoughts out there about Knives. So the fact that people do listen and actually enjoy it, you guys are the best. You're not filthy casuals. There were only a few death threats for you, Dave. Only oh. a few. I feel like we've definitely toned down the content, so I feel like those are definitely going to decrease. Aside we'll from CRKT, probably didn't like that last one, but Mm-mm. no, we're not we're not going to be friends with CRKT. We've already yeah, we burned that bridge pretty bad. Well, maybe maybe it'll be a wake up call. <laughs> maybe doubtful. <sighs> I don't think we have that kind of influence yet. Brian, do you have anything to say about your visit to the show? No, <laughs> um, I had a, <laughs> I had a good time. You know, finally for once. Um, I went there and just totally relaxed and just talked and did my thing and without having to, you know, worry about my shit too much. So it was good. I talked to a lot of people I didn't ever talk to before. Yes. This is crazy. Brian, you didn't have a table. I think I should know this, right? Did you have one? No. Okay. All right. So I'm not crazy. I was going to say. Yeah. You know, you would think being in New Jersey, I would, I would get a table there, but, um, I don't know. The, the, the shows just don't really work for me, so I'm uh, I'm staying out of it. Yeah, I mean, it lets you at least enjoy the show and not, you know, not make it just another two days of work or something. Yeah, because you know, when I go down to Blade, except for at night, um, you know, I don't really get to talk to any other makers about anything. It's uh, it's just too busy down there. So it's it was nice to be able to just get and talk to a lot of makers that I I never you know talked to before. I I would agree uh, because of the stories, uh, you know, the way that Blade and your last few shows went. I think this one, uh, because it's a little bit smaller and because we were all there, I I know, you know, we were at John and and Matt Diskin's table and they got to sneak away pretty frequently because, um, you know, there were kind of troops manning the table. Um, I don't know. So maybe next time we're all at a show if you're uh, feeling up to it, I think. I don't know. Levon knows as much about your knives as as you do, right? So <laughs> you you could get away for a minute. He's a better salesman, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. You know. What are you trying to say? I don't. First <laughs> off, I don't. I, I hate fucking salesmen. So I don't try to. I never try to sell my shit. It is what it is. You ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. But I'm not trying to make a fucking sale. Take it, leave it, whatever. <laughs> Especially, yeah, at a knife show. I yeah, I have no time for uh, any pitch. makers that do the old school salesman thing. It's and I it's rare. It. I don't think I don't think this whole industry uh, is really interested in the old school like used no car. No way. I you say I'm a salesman, but like I only like talk up stuff that I like and truly believe in. It really is. True. Oh yeah, like Buck and Bear knives. <laughs> look, look, look! They haven't done anything to put me off entirely. Their whole the, the culture that they're going for is not really my uh, my cup of tea. Yeah, I know. But, but you know what? They were just nice. They're, they're nice, were nice to, to invite us out. They're nice people. I, I I wish them the best. That's the truth. And actually, I do think they have some pretty decent models. I know. I know. Don't be a dick, Dave. I'm not. Well, actually, continue being a dick. Yeah, I 
Can I... Yeah, don't step out of character. Yeah, for right. God's sake. Oh, don't speaking do that. of characters, um, Levon, you're my girlfriend's favorite because you're the nice one. Oh, I'm the nice one. The lover. He's the lover. No, I'll take it. Before we get into that, should we do like, you know, n- news or I got a few things in and then we can just let you guys take it away on the. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, go for it. Do you want new news first or what I got in? Let's do I only got a few things. So I got, I've, I got that custom knife factory Vexha, the one that is based on this old Soviet, like sort of the Soviet equivalent of like a Swiss army knife or uh, maybe a buck 110 is a better analogy. Let's be honest. It's just a gravity knife. Yeah, (laughs) it was a it was a real like roller coaster of emotions. When I first saw it like announced, I was like, "Wow, this this looks really cool! Like this is something that's up my alley." I like the clip point. I like the kind of traditional styling. Then I saw like the designer said it was two hand opening only. So then I was off of it. And then videos came out people opening it one handed. Anyway, I'm glad I have it. It's really cool, actually. Um, It actually works perfectly one handed with the nail nick. And it's just a really cool knife. Uh, I haven't had a custom knife factory knife in a long, long time. So I, uh, I'm i liking this one a lot. Well, I'm glad that you finally came to a verdict that you actually like it. Because you it, that really was a roller coaster. Because you were in love with it, then you hated it, then you loved it, then you hated it again. And now you're back to loving it. Yeah, I was real worried about the detent because like, some Russian videos made it look like it had a super weak detent. Not not the case, it seems. It's a really cool knife. Uh, I. I think I could recommend it at the price, um, but knowing Custom Knife Factory, it'll be like 50% off in a month or something. So oh, Next week, dude, yeah. Black Friday. Yeah, maybe don't buy it at 300 and whatever dollars because you'll be able to get it for 150 soon. That's my only gripe about CKF. Um, Let's be honest with ourselves, Dave. That's going to be for sale in another week from you on Blade Forums. Nah, I haven't sold anything in a while. I'm not really... Uh... I sold a bunch of stuff that like I just never carried, and now I'm still back up to the amount of knives I had before. I got in these these two Kaisers for thirty five dollars each. I guess I'll explain. There's this website called Vipon V I P O N dot com. They give you coupons for Amazon, and like it's all junk. The shit that they give you coupons for, but <laughs> one of the things they give you coupons for is Kaiser knives, and I was able to get <laughs> a Kaiser Uprising and a Kaiser Sea Lion. Two one hundred seventy-five dollar knives for thirty-five bucks each. So wow. that's about the best deal, second best deal I think I've ever oh, gotten in knives. I want yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's a pretty good tip. Yeah, I think, in, and and they're still probably making money on it. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Someone's still making money. Um, I actually, it was like some sort of bug. It let me use a thirty percent and a fifty percent coupon, so I got eighty percent off on them. They're pretty good so far, but I just got them in today. Uh, I just want to shout out that website because it's a pretty good deal. So I would say. B- Besides the time where I traded like a basic bitch SNG concealed carry for a Desert Ironwood Sebenza, I would say this is like my second best knife deal. Hmm. Vivan, do you have like a top three ni- knife deals you've done? Um. This this was this one was a pretty big come up for me. This is like three hundred and fifty dollars worth of knives for seventy dollars. So I was pretty happy with this one. I mean, I can't really say that I've ever traded into a knife that I. I've just been in love with. I've traded into a knife that I've, like, I've made good on the deal. Like, you know, I, I came out ahead on the deal at some point, but I, I can't really say that I've ever traded for anything that I'm in love with. Yeah, well, that w- that was the case with that Strider, but yeah, that's that's it for me. Uh, I've been more focused on tech recently. Got a new laptop, but yeah, very excited and a new about phone. That. 
and a new phone. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a very tech heavy. I, I kind of oscillate between my obsessions and tech is the other one. So that yeah, that kind of went heavy with that. I noticed I've run into uh, over the years a lot of uh, knife collectors who do like the, they were inspired by that Craigslist. Uh, didn't the guy start with like a paperclip and ended up with a car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, a lot of guys just trade exclusively and it's kind of like a feeding the addiction for zero sum at the end of the day kind of thing you just keep trading and trading and trading you can always uh try new knives without ever actually uh you know dropping dropping money on one but it's not really my style to be honest no i i was an avid trader years back and it's you know the the more time goes by the the you know I, don't, I almost just can't be bothered anymore. I'm I am super weary of trading now that the hobby's kind of exploded. Like back when I first got into it, maybe 2011, 2012, trading wasn't that scary. But these days, there are so many people getting scammed from trades that like just makes me nervous doing yeah, it can, with strangers. That's that's very much understandable. Yeah, at least PayPal has some protection for you, and you're probably not going to get scammed unless you're still using friends and family. Which, by the way, it's almost 2018. Don't don't use friends and family. Just just pay the three percent, or you know, if you're a seller, just just deal with it. It's three percent. Hmm. See, my I'm good, take. I'm good with that. My take on it is 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 interesting. The the protection is for the seller, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's very buyer. It's very buyer biased. You can you can still defraud sellers with the protection by just making up bullshit, and PayPal will probably side with you. It, it I've seen it sway. You know, it started um, out. It's it definitely started out uh, really heavily leaning in the buyer's favor. Um, and I know for myself as a seller, I actually got scammed. Uh, I don't know if it was more than once or just one really bad one, but um, you know, so I did kind of pay attention, and I didn't use the, that whole system for a little while until I kind of got over it, but. Um, it, it's it's kind of a moving target. I think they've they've changed that policy a number of times over the years. Oh yeah, it's totally possible. I don't know. I I just am not a big fan of using PayPal as a method of payment uh, at all. But that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, true. Yeah, that that would be good for another podcast. Absolutely. Um, I I'm really weary of going into my acquisitions from. <laughs> From New York because there's a pile of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it might take up a good chunk of time. True. But uh, shall we do this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear. I didn't expect you to pick up some of the ones you picked up. So I, I, expect- have, I have a lot of questions. I can't wait to hear yeah, them. There, even, even for me, there was I was standing right next to him, and there was uh, one that I, I was kind of excited because for 10 minutes he started uh, – he became like a, a Jake inspired buyer instead of uh, the standard Levon mo of knife purchasing. Whatever I that is, I rubbed off on him. Yeah, well, you'll know when you, when you get to it. I oh, think okay. the, you're going to explain why you know what you bought and why, and it's going to sound like uh, something I would do. All Go right. ahead. All right. So I'm looking at so your picture. Should I? I I'm just, I, that's how I'm. That's the only way I'm going to be able to remember everything. Yeah. Can we start at the bottom with the pen? Oh my god, the pen. The pen was a no-brainer. Are dude. those pentagrams? Fuck yes. That's so they awesome. are pentagrams, dude. I know. That's that is so dope. Is that, uh, is that like, Brian Felholter that did that? 
damn straight. Oh, damn. Is he a metalhead? Did I not know this? Apparently. Because what did he call it? Like, No, well, his it, was it his wife? Satan, Anna. She was like, Anna? Yeah, I get Levin was like, oh, this is so cool. I was not expecting to find a pen with pentagrams, and uh, now I have to have it. And she was like, something to the effect of, yeah, oh, anarchy is always good or something like that. And I was like, yeah, so, all right. anarchy one side of things that's true okay i mean i i that's pretty awesome i didn't see that coming yeah no i i I was like i've never i told jake when i picked up the pen i just saw it there and i was like i've never seen a writing instrument that spoke to me on such a level yeah i mean they're apparently really nice the tie bolts anyway so like you know not a bad purchase just as a practical thing either no i mean I, i will say i was a little even at a knife, even at a custom knife show, and <laughs> get a, you know being pretty used to this stuff, I was a bit taken taken aback. <laughs> if I if I can buy the price of the Zircon, Levon, do you remember? Uh, oh, five hundred. Well, that bucks. was that was much. Was it zirconium or zircotai? They had a, no zirconium. It was a zirconium pen with pentagrams. Okay, that's about as metal as it gets, though. I know, dude, but it was five hundred. Fifty bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's very it's very acceptable that you did not pay five hundred fifty dollars. No, mm-hmm. I mean don't get me wrong, this one wasn't inexpensive either. No, I I can only imagine. But I have no regrets about it because I love it. So I mean, much. you're not going to get that anywhere else. So no, it's my pen. Yeah, it's good, my pen. Very good. You know what up. I mean? Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased with that one. Um, so let, I'll just go up through the. No, I'll figure this out. Uh. I also spent a lot of time, well, I spent a surprising amount of time at the Reich Knife booth. Yes, I have many questions about this, specifically. Um, Mainly because I wanted to learn a little bit more about what their operation looked like and, you know, just get to know them and, and get to handle the knives because I've really never, you know, I've never had an opportunity to see or handle that many of of a manufacturer's products in one fell swoop and they brought a lot of shit did, did they like, did they everything. not just bring the super fancy ones did they bring like regular production stuff they too? brought regular production shit they brought the super fancy stuff because that fancy they, they stuff brought, is they, ridiculous they brought stuff that they that they manufacture for, for other, companies, other companies which was a really interesting conversation they brought uh, i guess they manufacture stedman knives too yeah i wouldn't doubt it all these like these it's, yeah. it's sure. impossible to tell who does what. So they but. they even brought in like uh, machined frames, like um, uh, integral frames, to take a look at to show their machining and things like that. And cool. I got to tell you, some of it was amazing. I don't know, Brian. I don't know if you got a chance to get over there and look at some of the machining on the integral Reich knives. But yeah, I stood there with you for a few minutes. I can't remember my brain. I, by the time you were there with me, brain fried question is Reich a company or is it just Richard Wu so that's where things get a little interesting yeah from what I understand they they pay their bills by manufacturing and, and this was our theory going forward I don't think this was really a secret as much as they'd like to make you think it's a secret they they make their money by manufacturing stuff for other people yeah you know what I mean they're 
they manufacture like higher end jet beam lights. I called them out on that. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense uh, with the anodizing. It looked, yeah. it looked just like he was. He was shocked that I. Yeah, they were <laughs> when you when you asked, you, you were like, do, "Do you so you do jet beam, right?" And he was like. Yeah, I mean, like, three-second like, three pause. How and, dare you, how did know, you know this? How did, how, how did he think that was a secret? Who else does that sort of, like, gaudy green, like, teal and gold anodizing? Like, it, it just immediately said Richard Wu to me. Whatever. Whatever. First off, I will tell you this. Every single one of them could not have been nicer. Could yeah. not have been more pleasant. Could not have been, uh, you know, they answered every question we threw at them. There was no... Nothing was was left unturned with them. I, I will give them that. He was um, excited to answer some of those questions. Truly, too. truly excited. I think he was just happy to have uh, you know people were truly interested in what he was doing and not just yeah. walking past. But uh, I mean, some of the knives were. I know you can't deny we're flipping gorgeous. I mean, the ones mm-hmm. with all the crazy mosaic Damascus, like they are just outrageous materials on some of these. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Brian, did you see some of like they were integral frames of of like Mokutai and God knows what? Where are they getting this stuff in that thickness? I think they did they I, make it themselves. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure no a long ass time ago, Richard Wu posted a photo of like Mokutai that they made. I want to say wow. like they made it, but you know I could be wrong. It wouldn't surprise me. I well, think they're even they're even trying to make. Um, Meteorite. Chinese meteorite. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can't make... It, it wouldn't be a meteorite. I'm fucking Chinese, dumbass. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... One of the things... That, the thing that stood out to me of all the stuff on that table was a little knife. Uh, and I say little uh, almost ironically because it's... It's beyond little. It's... It's microscopic. Uh, the... Hummingbird. Oh, yeah. Dude, this is a full-featured titanium frame lock with a 3D-milled clip, 3D-milled handles, lock bar insert, titanium backspacer, steel blade, and bearings. And it's teeny, teeny tiny little bearings. I will say that it's probably captured. Bearings. What an inch and a half blade, maybe not even. Oh my god, I don't even know. Well, either yeah, way, it's like it's. I think it's like an inch and a half or something like that. It's it's very small. <laughs> uh, the thing flips. It's. I, I think it's really nice looking too. It's a good um, design. You know, I scaled up, really... it would be pretty nice too. I I'm just I'm um. I'm floored by it. And I think if there's a testament to their manufacturing capability, it's that yeah. little knife. It's, it's the fact that that knife actually works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it flips. And how much know, did it cost? 150 bucks. Well, I mean, I guess that's reasonable for the materials and the quality of it. I mean, I, it is I tiny, felt, but I could not leave it there. I had to have one. It was one of those things that were like, all right, give me that. So, I feel like that's a really, if, if I wanted to say, if I were to say to Reich knives, all those fancy knives with all the fancy materials, they say something about the company. Yes, we, we can work with this stuff. Here's a knife made out of this. But that doesn't really say much to the, the, the know-how of that company. Yeah. When you, get, when you hand someone a tiny little knife like that, 
with all the mechanism, everything works. It's solid. There's no blade play on the thing. It's it's kind of perfect. So I couldn't leave it there. I had to get one. Um, and it's it's just a really cool thing. I'm not bored of it at all. Was anyone else buying their stuff? Because I feel like in general, I don't no. see a lot of people with any of their knives. No. no. I, and honestly, I had a conversation uh, with uh, Mark Bag about you know how they how they choose the companies that they tend to partner with. Because, you know, uh, with the Steelcraft line, they they have, uh, you know, bodegas that were made with by Riot, um, and they have the glimpse and things like that that are made by Wee Knives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you decide where you're going to manufacture one versus the other? And, it, and I, I assumed it came down to the numbers, obviously, right? It always yeah. comes down to either money or quantity, right? Yeah. So I know uh, David Dang and Riot. He they still do pretty low manufacturing numbers, so they don't do large scale production. Um, but We Knives cranks them out, man. They can put how many designs do they have going through their their stuff? Like it's like every time you, you go on Instagram, there's a new We Knives design. Yep. And then they do like a ton of OEM work, even for people I've never even heard of, like one that just popped up on Knife Center. I mean, I sure. apologize to the guy like Iron Blade for uh, Iron Wolf Berg Blades or something. It's a mid tech. Uh, well, I guess technically a production since it's made by a production company. But anyway, I didn't even I'd never even heard of this guy, and he's got one made by Wii. They make like everybody's uh, production eyes now for like you know these small makers. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So. That's what it came down to. And I asked, like, you know, I was just, I said to Mark Beck, I said, I was just over at the right table, and that stuff looks pretty impressive. And he goes, yeah, but we're going to run into the same, some issues, because I think they price themselves a little out of their market for a lot of the stuff that they do. Yeah, absolutely. And they still don't, and they still don't, they still don't manufacture in the quantity that we need them to. I could believe that. I mean, almost everything on Blade HQ from Reich is unsold. Right, like there's yeah. there's like multiple pages of unsold stuff, and I mean it just looks. If I had some infinite amount of money, I would I would try out some of these. But like, yeah, it, maybe they did price themselves out of the market too. I will say though, I I I didn't meet Richard Wu. I don't think he was there, but um, he seems like a passionate guy. Like he's into this stuff. Wait, you didn't? It's not. Oh, you didn't meet Richard. I don't. I don't think he was there. Uh, we don't have any confirmation about the coke nail. His legendary coke nail. Well, that's like a thing there. Like okay. that's like that's like a sign of something or other wealth. Okay. Dick Wu's coke nail. I I just I need to know. Dick Wu. Yeah. <laughs> this thing has been like a legend for me because he has had yeah. this one long pinky nail for like three years now, and I am. Just, I see. Okay, I see a lot of guys lot. that do okay. that. I I never got all right, that. All right. Here we go. I know what the pinky nail thing is, and. Someone email me and correct email us and correct us. Please do. I am genuinely curious. But it has to. It's a sign of wealth. Like if you were working in the fields all day long, there would be no way your fin- you could keep long fingernail, right? A long fingernail. You know, you were well to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I googled this and yeah, it's a social message apparently. Yeah. Was I was I wrong? No. I'm, yeah. No. Googled, like- it looks like you're. Your anthropological survey is, is pretty rare. Not to mention it makes it makes for easy delivery of cocaine to the nostril. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll cite our sources here. Livot is not bullshitting. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, there my, we go. Uh, 
growing up, my a good friend of mine, um, his dad had that exact feature. Okay. And he was a wealthy individual, so okay. it it seems to be good news. You know, feasible. All right. Well, yeah, like, there's you, the, you the know, mystery of of over him. there. A lot of the factory owners and the business owners will have what we consider to be a Coke nail. Okay. Well, there we go. I, I'm glad that could get answered. I, and the knives certainly look. That's our, that's our public service announcement <laughs> for, for this uh, episode right now, the Coke nail and why it exists. Yes. Did you, uh, did you get to handle one of those Thor fives? I one think so. I handled all the things. Oh yeah. yeah. The they things. had it there. That, that looks really, yeah. Cool. There were some, there were some badass knives. I got to tell you. But anyway, that's enough about right now. Yeah, that, well, I really, I, you know, I think that's good because there's like no information out there about this company. So like, you pretty much just gave the most detailed survey of that company anyone's ever gotten. So my my final word is I like them a lot. <laughs> you are a Reich knife bro now, as uh, yeah. Richard or whoever runs their account commented on your picture. Oh yeah, yeah, you're, that's you're true. one of them now. Yeah, no, they they were cool. All right. I, I have to say, I, enjoy, I enjoyed talking to them. Very cool. Um, moving on from there. Uh, basically, uh, I mean, the knives are really secondary to the experiences that I had there. And I got a lot of the knives to sort of commemorate some experiences. Um, <laughs> I know Jake certainly did. Yeah. Um, but, uh, moving through, I also got a little fixed blade from JD Vandeventer. Um, and I have to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say right off the bat, uh, I had helped him out with, with something, uh, a while back, uh, with some technology and, uh, since I wasn't able, he, he gave me this little fixed blade as a thank you. And I was floored. Um, I don't know if I really should be saying this, but, uh, I don't think he'll mind. Plus I don't think he listens to podcasts. True. So JD Vandeventer, the South African knife maker, uh, makes amazing stuff. Holy crap! Some of the new stuff that he has going on, yeah, insane. It's inexpensive, relatively too, right? Well, not, yes, yeah, not all, so, not all of it. <laughs> re- I'll, we'll go relatively, but some of the stuff that they had that he that he had on hand was amazing. He names them after precious metals, and he had this model called the Platinum. That was every bit as insane as like a ZT Halo knife, you know, like a triple nine or a or a triple seven yeah. type knife, like a just crazy blows the mind sort of situation. This thing was gorgeous. Jake, would you agree? Yeah. And fancy, complex, but still like just a beefy, like tactical folder. Does he have an Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's J.D. Van Deventer, I think is just what it is. Oh, Yes, he, he finally took the word music out of his username a few months back, I think. Yes. I don't. I still don't know if that was because... Oh, it's J.D.V.D. Knives. J.D.V.D. Knives. Because if you just search J.D. Van Deventer, there is, uh, like, just some dude's Instagram. <laughs> not, not, not the knives. Okay. I wonder if there's a picture of this one. Um, yeah, look for that one. And then he also has a, oh, yeah, a these new, look nice. Wow. A new a new flipper coming out. Well, he had a prototype at the show made of G10 and some titanium accents. Um, really nice. I think it, that one was called Gold. Yeah. Uh, again, with the precious metal theme. Yeah, that one. Um, I'm looking at that one right now. The gold. It's 
It's very nice. It's really good. Dave, you'll love that knife. It looks very and cool. Those those are reasonably priced for a handmade custom. Well, that's kind of like the South Africa thing, though. It's like reasonably yeah. priced, extremely well made custom. And, and believe me, we we ran into a lot of a lot of South African makers come to that show. Um, and I think if we didn't see all of them, then we saw most of them. Um, but really, really great flipper. I'm I'm looking forward. To, I'm definitely going to have to pick one of those up uh, at some point. Uh, the platinum might be out of my price range, to be honest with you. By the time that's all said and done, he also had some other uh, more wacky uh, designs with uh, crazy compound grinds and and mixed materials like zirconium and and mokutai, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, the the gold and the platinum, amazing looking knives. And honestly, I'm just honored to have this this little. Uh, I forgot what type of wood he said was on the handles. But it's a little neck knife with a really thin hollow grind on there. I'm just going to use the hell out of it and keep it forever. But I, I really love it. It was really uh, an awesome gesture from him. So so these nice JD Van Deventer designs are designed by Jared Van Otterloo, which is a South African, yes. like the South African Tashi Barucha. Correct. He does some yes. nice designs. He did some cool ones for... Um, what is it? Oh God, I can't remember. The, the Clyde Chalinor, I think he's done some designs for him. I can't remember. It's hard to keep track yeah. of um, some of the South African knife makers. But yeah, the yeah. JV, cool JVO Designs is the guy's name on. Yeah, he's done yeah. some nice stuff. He with the Canadian guy too. Ron What's Olson. His name? Ron Olson. Yeah, yeah, the Galaxy. That's a that's a nice yeah. knife. Yeah, he's I, a great designer, without a doubt. Yeah, I really like his designs. Yes. Cool. Um, that was that was a really cool acquisition, um, and great to just see uh jd too he's just a really cool guy he is like your 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 typical like if you if you picture like your your south african outdoorsman it's jd van deventer he always he's dressed like he's on safari it's <laughs> it's just a really cool experience talking to him nice um should i do should i do the hinderer or the quest i'm actually very interested in the hinderer because i find myself really weirdly attracted to the hinderer slip joint and you got one. all right okay so let me let me start off by saying i love this knife the hinderer xm18 slip joint the three inch one dude it's like the hinderer of my dreams is... i don't want i don't want any other hinderer it's very interesting that it, take the, it took them making a lock or a slip joint to do that. Well, think about think about it this way: I don't have to worry about the flipping action on it. True, it doesn't disgust me. I think it's got a clean profile. You can take off this little thumb disc thing. And my my dream, but prior to this, I really wanted a three inch non flipper Skinner, uh, a slicer, uh, XM eighteen. And this is like even better because I don't have to worry about it having to flip. Yep. Plus, you get that really cool full back spacer. Um, you can still put the standard scales on it, supposedly. Although I don't know how that's possible, since yeah, the screws don't screws. look like they line up. I, I assume he will probably uh, make scales yeah, for in it in a fashion. Um, but I love this thing. It's got a working finish. Uh, slicer slicer grind, obviously, in the orange scales. Uh, I, I carried it today. It really hasn't left. This one's going to be a keeper. I'm just going to use the hell out of it. Does it have a half stop, or is it... 
Damn straight it does. Oh, it's interesting. Got a, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a legitimate slip joint. Okay, I figured it'd be more like a Swiss Army knife. No, interesting. Dave, you have to get one. I promise you will love it. I don't know if I want to pay two hundred seventy-five dollars for one. Like it's cool, uh, but like it's way too much for a slip joint for me. Anyway, I mean it's a re- it also for some reason the three inch uh, XM eighteen looks like it has better proportions than the three inch. One hundred percent. I don't know if it really does, but like it, it looks like it. It just fit. It, it, the, I just love the design. It fits perfectly. I I think the grind is perfect for me too. Like you could get it in the Spanto, Tanto, whatever you wanted. Yeah. Well, None of that stuff made any sense to me, other than this this particular. Thing. I I mean I do like I have a a three and a half inch slicer grind, you know, frame lock one, but I really like this slip joint one. I've, I'm weirdly like weirdly interested in it. I'm sure you'll be able to find a secondary one eventually, but yeah, I hopefully. Jake and I also had the pleasure of talking to Rick Hinderer for what seemed to be like half an hour. Really? Yeah. And I got to tell you, awesome dude. 100% cool guy. I won't be surprised if he shows up as a guest on this podcast. I mean, he's pretty legendary, so I would not be opposed to that. Just a cool dude. We were even invited to his uh, three th- what was it 8,000 square foot man cave to fire off some <laughs> class three weapons. So maybe that's, we'll uh, that's take pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, his shop, they posted a picture recently. It is crazy how big it's gotten. Like, mm-hmm. Rick and Knives has really expanded in well, the last couple was, of years. If anything, he was humble and appreciative, and I bought the knife directly from him, so that felt pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, it was, nice. it was a re- great conversation. Jake, Would you? was there anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I mean... Um... Exceeded expectations. Uh, I yeah, no, I felt <clears throat> I felt like we didn't go down the the same road. You know, he's been doing this the show and the story and the you know the technical stuff for so many years. Um, I'm sure that he's got to be somewhat bored of it by now. But we didn't really talk. We didn't know about about the, about the obvious stuff. Yeah, the yeah. tradition traditional uh, hinder knives uh, sales pitch or whatever. Um, not not in a bad way, but you know, when you watch videos of, of these shows, it's you know pretty pretty standard stuff. But um, he was very uh, you know <laughs> willing and open and excited to to talk about other more interesting things, I guess. So yeah, just I think he was nice as can be, good dude. Um, very cool, great. That, so that was a good experience. Uh, let's see, what else did I get? I think the quest <laughs> knife is after that. So the Again, another experience based buying a knife based purely on the maker. Okay, um, his name is escaping me. That's not a good look for us right now. Let me Google this quickly. Yeah, no, you can. Uh, well, his his name is very secondary as far as far as his uh, marketing goes. It, yeah. It's very like secondary to the the Steve Quest brand. Geckle, wasn't it? Steve Geckle? S- certainly something like that. Um, Steve Geckle. Greg, Greg, Greg Geckle. There we go. Yep. Yeah. So another another acquisition based purely on on our interaction with the maker was was with Greg Geckle of Quest Knives. I guess that's what they're called. Uh, they're custom knives. He does a combination of handwork and machine. Um, but all the knives have some really nice hand finished touches on it. 
I think uh, Jim Skelton actually did a video on them yeah, he a did. while ago. Um, I must have seen it at some point, but I didn't put two and two together until after I had bought one of his knives. Um, he had this, it's called the Gentleman's Folder. Again, I think named for irony because it's a pretty stout, like, titanium frame lock flipper. Uh, but it's got a really slim profile, I guess, is why it's gentlemanly. Um, kind of a aggressive design, but really nice hollow grinds. Great flipper, great flipper. Um, I I really like it, and the price is right. Like this guy, I don't know how he's making money on these knives. They, uh, I think the retail price on them is around four to four fifty. Yeah, for it some like, of those knives. looks like four hundred on the website. Yeah, like really, really, really great knives for the money. Um, he actually had another model that uh, Jake and I liked. Um, it's this little utility blade flipper. Um, probably, uh, it was probably like a, he did ones with like a three inch blade and ones like a two and a half inch blade. But I could really see that being a useful everyday knife. And they were in like the, in the low threes, high twos price range. Um, and his more popular model is that that really chubby looking micro cleaver, which is not really my style of knife. But as far as that kind of design goes, it was pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I mean the prices are good as long as the yeah. quality is decent. The prices for a custom knife are one hundred percent pretty great. One hundred percent. If it if it wasn't you know if it was an eight hundred nine hundred dollar knife, it would I would it would be ridiculous. But for that price, it exceeds any expectations you might have. Nice. It really does. Yeah, really good pickup. I got to send some of these to you or something. I don't know how else you're going <laughs> to get your hands on them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's another one. Uh, great guy. If you ever want to you know, just DM him or something, pick one of his knives up. You won't regret it. Uh, I can say that for sure. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I only vaguely heard of him, so that's kind of cool because the next three knives are all from very well-known people all right okay so i ended up with a uh a vox f6 the steak knife the folding steak knife the folding steak knife um yeah how did you end up with that one that was the one where i really didn't see it coming okay so it's the end of the show the lotteries are are being drawn and a, a buddy of ours gets drawn for this knife, right? A good friend of ours. And he wins and reluctantly buys the knife. He comes up to me in a panic, like, Levon, I just bought this knife. What do I do? What is it? What should I do with it? Like, like actually a little bit freaked out because of the amount of money he spent. I, the table prices were high. No, no question. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what Vox's table prices are. I'm guessing around a thousand. Around a thousand bucks. Everything was, you know. He only brought like maybe four or five knives to the show. What's you know? Yeah, sounds about uh, right. He and uh, uh, and uh, Yen Zanso were were right next to each other. Um, I got to handle a bunch of his new flipper. What's that thing called? Yen Zanso's new flipper. Was it the one with that Mokuta? I mean, uh, with that Mokume inlay? Because that one. Yeah, all cool. of them, all of them, just all of them, all of those. Those we handle. That looked really nice, but it's a very, it's a very nice knife, yeah. no question. But back to the one by uh, Jesper Voxnes. Yeah. Uh, 
so I basically bailed a buddy out by buying that, taking that knife off his hands and thinking, and, and just, just to try it out and maybe I figure I won't have a problem unloading it. So if anyone wants a Vox Knives F6, I've got one for sale. Check it on my Instagram. I like it. How I mean, is, how is it? I can't, I can't find any fault with it at all. And I can see why some people like it because of that, you know, that very Scandinavian aesthetic that yes. it has about it. Very minimalist. Uh, very minimalist. Um, just very, uh, there's a lot of restraint shown on that design. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was actually said to Yen Zanza, like, you know, coming from the design field, it's, it's very hard, and this is I guess this is obvious, but it's very hard to take something simple and make it beautiful and make it interesting. Like that's the you can always add, but it's very hard to take away or know when to stop. Um, and these two guys exemplify that with their design. And honestly, Brian, you you kind of follow the same uh, same ideology ideology with your designs as well. And was kind of what sort of attracts me to yours, but you tend to take it just a little step further into the world of crazy, which I kind of like. Uh, but these guys tend to stop before it gets any anywhere nuts. Yeah, um, what do you well, by crazy? What do you what do you mean? What am I doing this crazy? No, I I think it's uh, I, embellishment. I don't think I think embellish. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, crazy is way too strong of a word for for what I think you mean about Brian's stuff. It's just that the. Um, Dan- are they Dan- are they both Danish? I know yeah, they're the both Danish. Yeah. Danish. Yep. Okay, so the da- the Danish just adhere to a very strict uh, policy of simplicity. I I would say Vox more than Anzo because Vox oh, I've never I seen agree. anything with exotic yeah, no, materials. Yeah, you're right. I sh- that that should have been that should have been about Vox exclusively because yeah. Anzos are Anzo does some yeah, pretty crazy stuff, but... like the one where he what welded the blade together. Well, I, as as a designer and a maker, I, I kind of prefer Anzo over Vox. But if that, I don't think they were ever. You just they're they're forever, you know, linked together because of Danish heritage. Uh, and and the tables right next to and each other. And their tables are literally conjoined. And giant like, mouse. <laughs> they designed the knives together for giant mouse. Yes, because Denmark. Yes. Um, but Brian, what I meant to say is like you're not afraid to experiment with different machining patterns or put flames on a fucking knife or, you know, maybe, maybe what's the, what's the one that I have? What kind of leaves did you put on that knife? Japanese maple. Japanese maple. Japanese maple. That's what they were. I forgot. Yeah. It's a beautiful tree. Yeah. Wonderful tree. Majestic. You know, anyway, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's really what attracts me to those types of designs. And I, I can't say anything bad about this, uh, this Fox F6. And I, I guess I'm lucky to have it, you know, but at the same time, I don't think it's for me. Um, so I know it'll make someone happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, uh, I really like this Anzu Neo, the one that he debuted there or uh, yeah, not debuted, but damn. It's wow. very, it's very nice. It's, kind of Sinkovich-esque to me. I feel like it looks like a Sinkovich design, especially the pivot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got that sort of like mm-hmm. semi-swoopy look, but yeah. kind of like elegant. That's uh, nice. You know. I, I definitely put my uh, name in the bag for one of those, but 
I was not called for any. Yeah, it looks like he had this. like uh, what is it, eight here? Yeah, I think they both had eight, honestly, because if if I'm remembering correctly, Saturday there were four knives on the table, and I'm sorry, Friday there were four knives, and then again Saturday there were four knives on on each of their tables. So I think they just followed that kind of uh, damn pattern. Here, here's a hot take. I kind of forgot they make custom knives, considering how many other things they're doing. <laughs> Like I kind of mm-hmm. forget that they also like uh, at some time sit down and make knives themselves, just because of like how much press giant Ma- giant mouse is getting and like you know designing other little production stuff. You know, sometimes it's refreshing to see like, oh yeah, these guys can still make an incredible custom knife. Hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And one thing I gotta tell you, I love about the the F six is the pouch that it comes in. Is it super <laughs> Scandinavian and minimalist? Oh my goodness! It is Scandinavian as fuck. I've, it it even has a non mechanism mechanism built in. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's very it holds it 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 secures the knife in this little denim pouch type thing, this padded denim pouch, uh, and it, it's, it holds it snugly. You can even it even has this tanned leather uh, snap to put over the the knife once it's once it's uh, once it's um, inside of the pouch. Yeah, but in order to retrieve it, you don't just you don't merely unsnap the the latch. You also have to squeeze the pouch in order to relieve the tension that's being placed on the knife. I mean, so, uh, for reference, all these pictures are on Levon's Instagram. Oh god, yeah, go on. I'm sure that was just a nightmare. yeah. I'm looking at the pouch now. Uh, just really, really nice people. Great experience. Nice knives. Um, enjoyed that. Yeah, cool. Well. Hopefully it doesn't go to a new home too soon. Right, we'll see. Uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll get to see it before it, it goes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, next, I'll talk about. I finally picked up a. You guys know that I've had the uh, what's it called the, the glimpse. No, oh, I'm not going to okay. talk about the stitch yet. I'm going to talk about the glimpse. Okay. Uh, a while ago, <laughs> I posted pictures of the G10 pre-production models of the Beg Knives Glimpse. What is it? Glimpse Seven, produced by. Wee knives, uh, and I finally got my hands on one of the carbon fiber models with the fluting. It's just a much nicer knife. This one has a titanium uh, lock bar instead of steel, like the other ones had. Um, and this, the one that I have now, actually has uh, you know the cracked ice finish on the the pocket clip and the backspacer, which were actually done by Mark Begg's son, which was a nice little added feature on that knife. But I gotta say, I like it a lot more than the other two that I had prior. Does that have anything to do with the color change here? Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so, okay. So here's the thing. Those colors, according to Mark Begg, which is a pretty good source for this yes. sort of information, uh, were never supposed to be produced in the first place. They just were trying different stuff. I'm really pleased to hear that. Yeah. The blue and beige came from them being popular colors in the what's their what was their mid-tech the bodega the the bodega the mid-tech bodega what was that called the, there was the bugatti no 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 no, no, no. bodega field grade the field, field grade, grade, oh, okay. bodega. Field grade bodegas, yeah. so the number one seller for the field grade bodega was that laguna seca m3 blue color okay yeah i could see that the blue g10 i remember those yes Anybody who knows their E46 M3 oh, BMW. Oh, yes, I was going to say, the most desirable color. 
Yes, and that was Laguna Sega Blue. And that weird yellow. Oh, yeah. I liked Phoenix Yellow. It was like baby shit, but kind of awesome. <laughs> oh, Phoenix Yellow is awful. Laguna Sega Blue is beautiful. Not to segue too much here, but... Awfully awesome. Anyway, I agree. It was disgusting, but if I got an E46 M3, I'd want it in that color. Yeah, good luck getting one of those these days. Yeah, right? Uh, my buddy still has his, actually. Hmm. Um, yeah, but that was the most popular color they did. And then when they when it all came out from the uh, on the Wee Knives side as a glimpse, eh, you know it was a it was a valid exper- it was a good experiment. Those knives didn't have the fluting in the blade or like the carbon fiber inlay or anything like that either. So there was a lot missing from that, and they, and they were still decent knives without a doubt, like well manufactured. But but this particular one with the carbon fiber, the fluting, the the bronzed. Uh, you know, cracked ice details. It's it's a whole other ball game. I, I I I genuinely love it. It's a really cool knife. I mean, I kind of I kind of want one. I, I yeah, I definitely want one. They are really cool. I I was not a believer, maybe because I had a um uh to do field grade. Is that oh, what yeah, I had yeah. on it? Yeah, you had a field grade. I don't. One. I remember you talking. Yeah, about I had it. I had something very handmade that that. Uh, made me a little weary of the Steelcraft series, but I got, I mean, it, just the cracked ice on the interior. Yes. <laughs> it's so classy. Uh, yeah. I, I actually really liked it. And, you know, not only did they do the fluting, but there's, um, there's even color inside of the, um, you know, the, the mill, the mill um, line of the blade, which is not really a fuller. It's really <laughs> um, decorative, but anyway, um, yeah, that one, that one won me over. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely, with the steel craft line. I definitely need to get some of those soon before, you know, in case shit goes left with this whole lawsuit thing. I definitely want to at least get one of the bodegas. I've always yeah. liked the bodega design, but I've just never, for some reason, gotten one. And here's, I feel like I should get one soon. Uh, you know, and here's the truth of the matter is like the reason why a lot of us don't have bodegas uh, is because there's always been one of some kind available. You know, whether it's been a, you know, got a custom from Todd himself. Uh, a mid-tech, a production model from one or two companies, there's always been a bodega somewhere accessible to us, you know? Yeah, um, true. Although, in terms of accessibility, the, the Steelcraft ones are definitely more accessible than even the field-grade ones. Yeah, sure, of course. Very. Of course. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, my my field-grade had a hand-ground blade, compound blade. That's what it was. Yeah. I knew there was something about it that made me sort of snooty about the, <laughs> the new season. Yeah. Right. Right. But, um, but true, there has been a lot of variation. So, like you know, I mean, and also, and I'm going to take this opportunity to say this too about the lawsuit stuff and whatever. I had the opportunity there at the show. We both, Jake and I, both had the opportunity to talk to both Todd and Mark about what was going on. And I, all, I, I have nothing but nice things to say about either of them. They're both really good guys, awesome to talk to. Mark is just a friend to hang out with. You know, I don't even consider him, you know, a knife maker, businessman or whatever. He's just a good dude that you want to just spend time with. Right. Um, And Todd is an artist, man. Like he is, you can tell by talking to him, he is 100% about the craft, uh, really, really into everything and enjoys what he does. And is just an old fashioned knife maker in, in an, you know, in every sense of the word, but brings out these crazy modern designs. Some, 
some far too outland- outlandish for that show. I will tell you, I will say that. Oh yeah, um, like the uh, Nuck one. The, like... yeah, oh, dude. Dude, I gotta tell you, it looks ridiculous he's, on on you know it's insane looking. But when you he na- he nailed the if if you were super like wealthy during a zombie apoc- apocalypse, that's the knife to have market. <laughs> like what what? <laughs> that's what that was. Right, but uh, what constitutes really wealthy during the zombie apocalypse? Being alive, I suppose. <laughs> being alive or like having the most <laughs> berries and nuts. Yeah, in your in your uh, uh, well, no, in this case, it's it would be having that shiny and fancy and complicated of a of a you know destroyer in your hands. It, it was it was insane. very fancy. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. And that cleaver that he that he had there too. Were, were those for sale, or did you just have them just to show off? I think you just had them to show. And I think one of them they weren't even finished. To be honest with you. He said, "Yeah, there's a lot of work. I just put a." He said, "I just put a hand rub on this blade just so I had something to, to show here." Damn, uh, and it looked. I mean, it was insane. Also, like, oh no, continue. Go for it. I, I was just gonna say, if anyone w- was didn't know you were from the Delaware County area when you said on earlier, it definitely confirmed it. Delco for the win, man. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't say John yet. You didn't. We've not said John, but you definitely said on. It was on. pretty. It was pretty intense, but. Uh, I was about to say wind too, but <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta go get a glass of water. That that, like, yeah, it's crazy. I, uh, I've only handled. I mean, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but I have handled Todd Bag Custom. It was a custom glimpse. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Did you watch the pilot episode for their reality show that they at one point were pitching? You know, it's funny. Um, a friend, uh, a friend was of mine was here last night, and she's like. I was showing her some of the knives that that I got from the show, and she was looking at the uh, um, at the glimpse. And I said, "All right, you want to see the people responsible for this design?" So I actually we were on YouTube anyway. So I put on episode one of Blade Brothers. Yeah. So I actually just watched that again last night. So the guy Paul Farina that yeah that, like contracts them. He was he for some reason goes to this tiny knife show in New England. And I got uh-huh. to handle a custom glimpse. Uh, wow. It was really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had like a, I want to say damasteel inlays in the titanium frame. So yeah, Todd Beck stuff really is as good as it as it looks. I mean, absolutely. Like you can't take anything away from the guy. Yeah, as long That's as you like he, the styling. Yeah, and and as far as the lawsuit goes, look. All I said, and I said this to to Mark because I have a better relationship. I, I I've talked to Mark before in the past. You know, it's. Uh, all we care about is the knives. As as consumers, as collectors, as other makers, you know, like all we care about is the knives that you're producing, and we hope that blood is thicker than water. And I hope that everything ends up amicable for both for both of the bags and any other parties involved. Because I, I you know, I just want everything to be kosher. Yeah. I don't think it, it does nothing good for a legend Anybody. like that to have any problems so no and I, I i i happen to think that everything will work out one way or another um That's and easy. and everybody seemed kind of nobody was really thinking about it at the show either so if the two of them were able to coexist in the same room so yeah so it can't, we'll be, it can't be that bad then i mean you think about how many lawsuits have happened in the past couple i mean oh, my, what is man really it's tons I mean, uh what is did you see that Spider Co. One 
the one against eBay? Yeah, they, they came to some sort yeah. of settlement, right? Yeah, which means, I don't know, eBay had to have given them something. Some money? I don't know. I don't know what, like, is it, I, I can only speculate as to how much money that is, because eBay certainly has more money than Spider-Co many times over, but that was cool, at least. A little bit of justice done in this world. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, there's been a lot of lawsuits lately. A lot of lawsuits. Yeah, and and the point is, is that what's really come out of it, you know? Yeah. At at the end of the day, there are knives still in existence by by Tony Marchione. There are still knives in existence by Zero Tolerance. Tony's son makes knives still. You know, whatever happens, you know, happens. Was Marchione there? Yes, he He was. Usually has a pretty crazy setup. Yeah, he... I feel like at these shows, he doesn't, they don't, at these shows, he doesn't sell anything. He just puts up, like, he, he has knives for dealers, and we don't ever get to touch them. Yeah, I well, I feel like his knives are so widely available, you don't really need to go to a show to get them anyway. Well, I mean, I would have loved to go. That's the place to get a Marfion Custom, because he always has some crazy special. Yeah, like, true. The, deal, the deals are incredible. Like, I remember when the Ma- Mini Matrix came out, he was selling them for, like, 500 bucks. Oh, with the customs or the the customs? Oh, dude. okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Um, when the annex came out, that was five hundred bucks. Yeah, that was a that was a blade though. So maybe I, I don't think New I York's think it's a I think it's a blade show thing. Yeah, but but either or, it's good to see everybody there. You know, everybody's pleasant. Um, so lastly, uh, I think it's the last thing that I got. It is in the picture, at least. Yeah. Um. On, I, that's not like a whole bunch of Hanks from Sharon at Little Bird. Uh, <laughs> the main reason, the only note thing I knew going in to the show that I wanted to buy was uh, a mini stitch. And I had talked to Sebastian ahead of time. He, it's no secret. Sebastian's a good friend of ours. Like he, he you know, he's from the, our area. So we've known him a while. We spent a lot of time together. Um, and I always like to have one of his knives just as something to. You know, I, I, I like supporting my friends. You know what I mean? Uh, and I really wanted a mini stitch because I have a full-size one that I like. But I don't really carry it because it's huge. It has the Damascus pocket, pocket clip. Um, it's got these, you know, the satin grinds. It's a little big to carry around all the time. So I really wanted a mini stitch that I could carry and use all the time. So... I ended up getting this really awesome uh, mini stitch with no carving. Uh, so none of the, you know, the rock pattern stuff on the flats. Um, this, the swedge grind. Uh, this really cool orange peeled frame with like this iridescent look to it. Um, and like a, a working finish on, on the blade. And it's just awesome. I, I love it. I'm glad I got it. It's, it's very me. It's kind of a little bit ostentatious, but but practical. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's I would say it's pretty reserved. Yeah, for what it is, it's pretty it's pretty reserved, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so did you get that direct from him, or did you have to do a lottery? Or no, I, no, I got it direct from him. Oh, okay, that's insane. Well, what, I, I what got, were those selling for? Because uh, his table price for something like that with the fancy handles and the and no carving, I think they're like fourteen hundred, and then and then up from there they're like eighteen hundred with the carving. And oh, good with, for him if he's still getting that those numbers. Yeah, I sold every single one. Oh wow, nice. 
Um, but yeah, it's you know he goes into his Sebastian mode when he's there. You can always tell when Sebastian's like in Borka Blades mode. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a funny thing to witness. But he's always cool. Gave me a cool T-shirt too. It's a nice T-shirt. I want to know when we make official Knife Nuts T-shirts. It's going to be from whoever made these because they are like the perfect material. All right. Yeah, you know, maybe one of the hosts can actually get one. They do run small. Don't don't forget. Yeah, that's okay. Because <laughs> they're like that slim fit nonsense, but but they're like long enough. You know, I hate when t-shirts are too short. Does that does that happen to anyone, or is it just no, no, I know you short mean. fat. I Look at most of the knife people, though. You really want slim fit shirts? <laughs> Listen, it's just I didn't say cut. it. It has nothing to do with actually being slim. It's just the cut of the shirt. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is a knife program. I'm just saying I appreciate the free t-shirt. I got yes, it. Thank you. thank you again, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian, <laughs> you're a good dude. And we'll get you on this show. Chris Reeve Knives sent me a t-shirt, and I feel like I need to like wear it if we ever go to an event together so I can go like full heel and embrace this character of the obsessive CRK fanboy. Uh, the CRK dude, shirt. Uh, you're, you're, you're worth, I mean, the CRK guys, awesome people. Just... We were humbled by their love for our podcast. Yeah, another another above and beyond from the show. Just awesome people. All right, uh, now that yeah. I'm upset about missing out on. The, yeah, we threw you under the bus so hard to them, it wasn't even funny. What are you throwing me under the bus? How, I'm the biggest fan of them. I, I, I know, no, we told them how much you complain about their knives and stuff oh. like that. No, we didn't do any of that. They, they know you love them. All right, it's comforting. Um, and, and genuinely, we love them too. I didn't even know they were going to be there. Truthfully, yeah, we didn't know they were going to be there, but all of them were there. Cool, except except for Revis Christ himself. Of well, I think he's he's stepped out of that role. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame. Were him. there any other production companies? Was like ZT there? I can't remember who goes to. No, NYC. no ZT. I mean, now I can talk about makers that were there that I didn't actually purchase from, but wanted to really bad. And the top of that list has to be. William and Eric Touch. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were there. Uh, it was just a pleasure to see those dudes. Awesome guys. Beautiful knives. I'm glad that their auction piece started. It really, you know, I think the interest is really starting to get there for them. Um, I really wanted to buy this one little knife they had there, but I was only able to commit a certain amount of dollars that because I knew if I bought something from them, it would be like a lifer. Yeah, that would like, be like all of your knives combined, basically, that you bought. Well, like, it, it, okay, regardless of their expense, and in their defense, there there were some strangely affordable knives on their table. Uh, they, yeah, they they talked about that with us, and and they absolutely held held to it. They had strangely affordable <laughs> is, is i guess the right way to but put it. my yeah. point is is that if i were to buy one of their knives it's whether it's a thousand two thousand three thousand dollars that is three thousand dollars or whatever that i'm never going to turn into three thousand dollars again it's going to be my knife forever do you know what i mean yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of, it's heirloom quality. I it's think. heirloom quality. That is a knife that I'm going to keep forever. Yeah. So I mean, it, was, it was really hard for me to do that on a whim for this knife, but I really, really, really wanted to. I wanted to so bad. It was beautiful. Just a, 
nice little slim carbon fiber frame uh, liner lock. Just, I mean, think of all the details you would get on a knife made by those two. Yeah. Did they, and so, there they were. So they didn't regret being on the podcast? Not at all. In fact, they, they mentioned having a great time. And I hope they're listening to this because we really enjoyed hanging out with them. And we hope to visit them in Portland soon. Yeah, seriously. Was that one a double action, the auction piece? Uh, yes, it was. Okay, that's what I figured. I'm, I'm watching the video now, and it's taking a while to get to that point, but I'm assuming that that is what is coming up in this video. Um, so going down the list of, of makers, um, Jake, I'm saving I'm saving the best for last, obviously, so I'm not even going to jump into that yet. Mm-hmm. But it was really great to meet Matt Diskin in person for the first yeah. time. Yeah. We've talked a little bit on the phone, uh, and we know that he listens to this podcast uh, pretty much religiously at this point. Thank you again, Matt Diskin. But it was great to see, meet him in person. He's someone in the industry that I have a shitload of respect for, uh, both in his knife making um, and just as a businessman for his, you know, he's, you know, what they call a fiber smith. I've heard Did that, he term that term or is that real? No, that's not something he said, but that's what. That's what people have labeled him as at the show, and it was really strange. The, yeah, the dude maintains like a NASA level operation. Uh, well, it is. He does make carbon fiber for aerospace. So, yeah, there you go. It's legit. He makes great stuff, and he's just an awesome dude. Oh, that's his web fibersmith. Okay. I Googled it because I was like, is that a real term? And then I found a website that I can only imagine. Yeah, that's, 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 his, uh, that's his company. Ah, okay. I did not know he supplied the, the uh, carbon fiber for the 777. That's cool. In fact, can I tell you some fun facts about the 777 and Matt Diskin? Yeah, this is some real inside knowledge. You're not getting this okay. anywhere mm-hmm. else. <laughs> yeah, no. So you, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, so not he he supplied the the carbon fiber for several ZT knots from what I understand, but he also has prototype number zero of the triple seven. Whoa! And little known fact, there was actually actually supposed to be a run of seventy lightning strike carbon fiber herringbone Damascus triple sevens. Like full herringbone Damascus. Full her- there no. It was going to be a composite. Oh, okay, it was going to be the same. But it was going to have. But it was going to have lightning strike carbon Damn. fiber. Damn. Okay. Oh man. Guess how many of those they made? Zero. One. Oh, tell me he doesn't have it. He has it. Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh my God. Have you seen this in person? I have. He. This is. He hasn't shown it to me yet. I don't think he's shown it to anyone. I've. Don't no. think anyone's ever heard of this before. Yes, there is one of them. And that's the number one thing that I need to see. That is, that is the day I get to post a picture of that particular knife on my Instagram is the day I just stop posting stuff on Instagram. Damn, that is crazy. <laughs> wow. That, that will be a crazy fucking thing to see. Am I right? I wonder why it didn't go through, but... Um, did you see how much trouble they had producing that knife to begin with? Oh, oh yeah. let's just do a, let's just do a couple more in this even crazier material that'll cost us even more money. Yeah, but the handle wasn't necessarily the problem so much as the blade, right? With those? Well, I can I can't imagine any of it was cheap. Yeah, oh certainly not, but still. Right. Wow. Well, either way, that was Brian, you're familiar with the triple seven, right? I mean, I've seen it. I don't I've never even held one. Really? What? I had three of them at one point. 
four, four if you include mine. <laughs> you had one of the real ones. That's the big thing here. Yeah, I did. Not a lot of people. Uh, plenty of people have handled the, you know, the solid, the mono steel blades. You had the real one. That's true. Ah, you did have yes. the real one. Damn, I can't believe that. That's so cool that he has. And it. you, you, you got to handle it too. Yeah, I did. Yep. Oh, good. Yep. I feel good about that. Um, yeah. So Matt Diskin, cool guy. He had a, had, had some uh, uh, wheels at the table too that I really like. I, I honestly, I get why he doesn't make that many knives. Like clearly, he's got other way cooler shit going on. He's got shit to do. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate uh-huh. that he does make some knives even. He's good friends with John Gray too, so he's always like you know in the background of our conversations too so it's it's a funny thing um and i was happy to have him at the house the other day too so he was one of the the members at the at the exclusive after party at casa de leon that's not that close to the show no but he was staying with john gray in philadelphia it's it's not it's not close to the show and it wasn't on the it wasn't like it was the evening after the show ended, it was the next day. It was, very, it was the next so day. That, <laughs> that's yeah. why we were so happy with the turnout. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you got, got to hang out with whatever Hawk is the younger one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's either Grant or Gavin. Both of them sound like old people. You, had a 50, you have a 50% chance of being right about this. One's 70 and one's Hawk. like 30. I'm going Grant. <laughs> I'm going Grant. Yeah, you failed. Damn it. Is it really? He's Gavin? He's Gavin, yeah. Okay. My, my so bad. here's a, here's the funny thing. Like Gavin wasn't even at the knife show. He showed up like the last few minutes of the last the, of the first day or something. And then he and his girlfriend had to come to Philadelphia to visit family. So I said, I'm actually I w- out of nowhere. I said, look, I'm just going to have a little get together tomorrow. You guys are welcome to come through. Cause I think he was staying with John Gray as well. It was just a pleasant surprise to have everybody show up. You know, I've only been in this house for like two weeks. So I still have Ikea boxes sitting in the middle of the floor. Uh, luckily, I have some of the nicer furniture that didn't come from Ikea out. Um, Jake, well, I, I don't even have a TV yet. Jake was kind enough to bring a TV <laughs> from, his, from his stepdad's uh, collection of stuff. Um, and he set it up. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the next Wayfair catalog has, has the TV stand that Jake constructed. As a, as a featured <laughs> item made of paint cans and like plaster barrel. Uh, so it turned and out a, a really crazy time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's all, that's all I'll say. It, it looked, it looked interesting judging by the yeah. pictures. Yeah. The, unexpected fun, but it was funny for me because Gavin Hawk, like I kind of like have a man crush on, on the Hawk, on Hawk knives in general. I just, I just think that they're brilliant human beings. So I, I was kind of nervous. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that gets like starstruck or anything like that. No, no, but, but a boner every time he invents a new lock, like everything. <laughs> so, a boner per patent. The house that I'm, I'm living in has that, that I, it's my house, but <laughs> it's not just the house of living in. <laughs> Has it was built in 1800, so there's like the all these weird doors. All the doors have some unconventional <laughs> mechanism to open and or lock the door. <laughs> so it's basically like Grant and Kevin's house. So, so surreal experience for me was giving Gavin Hawk a tour of the house, 
and him being falling instantly in love with all the door handles and latches in the house and taking pictures of the mechanisms for his own amusement. This is literally exactly what I would expect him to uh, take a pleasure I, in. Dude, I, and first mm. of all, like, I'm not like a huge drinker, but <laughs> let's just say I had a lot of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wanted to see how far down that particular <laughs> yeah how much detail part of this evening into? you were gonna go because that that really changed the the tone and the uh, events of the evening the, uh, yeah. the the array of liquors so, and such. Well, the whole thing was just a surreal thing. Like I go downstairs and like Matt Diskin and John Gray are sitting on my couch. Uh, you know. Octor Knives, Herman was was here too. We had, you know, Gavin rolls in. It's just a, a weird day. Jake, Jake from the Knife Nuts podcast Jake, Jake was over from there. The Knife with, Nuts podcast. Yeah, there. with like a hummingbird. He, he was cleaning the house before anyone before anyone got here. Carrying furniture up steps. Oh man! But yeah, I finished off a bottle of tea. Well, the bottle it was like a quarter bottle of Tito's. And it was just really surreal having Gavin Hawk, you know, inspect the door handles in your in your home. <laughs> he better give you credit when he invents a new knife lock based on the doors in your house. Well, it's funny. Uh, the next day, he texts me a picture of these strange uh, door mechanisms that he saw at the Barnes Foundation, which is a museum here in Philadelphia. Um, saying you should go check these out. <laughs> so it should it sh- it should be noted that Levon's house was built in eighteen hundred. Yeah. So we're not yeah we're not we're not talking about like uh, like yes. just some some kind of uh, door latches that just didn't come from Home Depot. There you know some of the things in that house are are pretty uh, old and antique. <laughs> yeah. Not that it's a fancy house by any stretch of the imagination, but it's got a lot of character. Yeah. Um, Brian, my only thing is that you didn't come. That would have been the only thing to put this over over the top for me. Yeah, sorry, man. I had too many things going on. Well, I was surprised you were able to escape for both days of the show. Yeah, normally I only get there for one day. This year I was able to get both, so that's good. Is I was it, happy to hang out and see you there. Is it like Blade where... The first day, like everything's gone after that, and the second day, or I guess it blade. It's technically by like the second or third day. There's nothing. Sunday, there's nothing, right? No. Well, there was there was no show on Sunday. They did it for yeah. two days. But like, was Saturday a dramatic drop off in the amount of stuff? No, no. I think no. I think they're getting they're getting wise to that. A lot of the makers kind of kind of sandbag the stuff that they're putting out on the tables until Saturday. Because we saw yeah, stuff I'd... on Saturday that was just not there. The day before, yeah, I, I talked to a few a few of the makers, and and you know basically that that was kind of the running policy um, with the guys doing lotteries is that they had a lottery on Friday or on yeah on Friday, and then another lottery know, on round of yeah. knives for a second lottery on Saturday. So yeah, there was no uh, you know we complain a lot about the um, sort of the politics of these shows where. You know, get in early, or you're just picking up scraps. Or you're screwed, right? Now, none of that. Yeah, I don't and think that was that was actually not the case, um, except for my trash panda incident. Oh uh, god! That, 
Yeah, it was we actually a very fair knives? show. Can we just talk about? Well, can I, can I just say before we we talk about the man, the myth, the legend known as Aaron Frederick? I just want to say before we even get there, can I just say Salmonara was there? Oh and, shit! Yes. All right. There was a an impressive level of legend. We, I mean, Terzola was there. Salmonara was there. Like everywhere uh, you turn, there's like knife maker royalty. Yeah, you know. And Sal Salmonaro had had lotteries going for like legit Monaro knives that were not unaffordable. Like they were, I mean, I'm, he, he, they he were obtainable. So reasonable. I, I, it was I, awesome. Like he he and his wife are a class act. Yeah. No question about it. Just awesome people. First off. I ran. I didn't. I didn't recognize him at first, but he had locked eyes with me from across the room, and he said, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" And I'm like, "I don't think so, but you look familiar." It's like my name's Sal, and I'm like, "Oh God, you're Sal Monero, aren't you?" I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no. Uh, and then I saw the knife. I was like, "I know who you are." And then he had this <laughs> this giant three V machete sword thing. Jake, did you see that? Did anyone see the three V machete sword thing? Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 absolutely. John, John brought it over to our table, and right. like, cut someone in half with it. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Didn't he slice uh, Matt Diskin's ear off or something? No. Sure. Okay. I thought I thought it was his uh, penis. Yeah, I don't know. Genitals. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Yeah. So that was cool. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, seeing. I'm seeing it on Instagram on his on his yeah. page. That is cool. He had <clears throat> he had a uh, an unnamed model that almost I, got a name, but I don't think. I think I came up, come up with I anything. Came, I came up with a name. Oh, you did. Yeah, but we're probably. I mean, I'm sure he'll get sued if he uses it. I don't. I couldn't find a knife called this, but the conduit. I thought that was a cool knife. That's cool right. Knife. Yeah, yeah, that did make sense. I thought it, it was like a su superconductor bolsters and, uh, uh, you know. Just class, class all day. Um, well, anyway, that's my, we missed. We missed that lottery. They they called it quietly. They didn't. They, you know, there were a few few makers who were screaming. You know, when their lottery came up to get everyone's attention, <laughs> and they did it quietly. And we walked over. I happened to walk over like, I guess four minutes too late. Um, I'm sure both of our numbers that, were called too. That was my yeah. That was my big letdown. Of the show, uh, but yeah, if uh, Sal, if you're listening, mm. I think the conduit would be a really nice name for that knife. Until you get a see, inevitably get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> yeah, inevitably. Is that the one with the uh, with the superconductor bolsters? What gave you that idea? It was yeah, I just called it. The, we I just said that was I muted superconductor. No, you were not. <laughs> that just means that he wasn't listening. No, I'm us. not listening at all. I'm going through Salmoneros Instagram. Mm. I mean, right. uh, it he doesn't look like his other too. stuff. He had like a couple bullseyes there too. He had a major. Yeah, the, well, the bull, the bullseye is called the major, right? Oh, right, 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 right. The major. Um, I, I felt like it. So I actually kind of sandbagged my bankroll for the weekend, just in case something like that were to happen. You know, like a, a wild salmonero appears and he's got a major for sale, and it's totally reasonably priced. It was like. Maybe a hundred dollars more than I brought, and which I would have just stolen from you in a heartbeat. And, mm -hmm. um, that would have been a win, major win of a show for me. But 
Maybe later. Maybe later. Yes. There's yeah. always the next show. Jake, did you pick anything up? <laughs> I'll take that. I did. Oh. Where'd Jake get? I did. I got I got two knives and three STDs. What did knife nuts, Jake? Um, yeah. No longer the, the artist formerly known as Whiskey Pickle Jake. Well, okay. yeah, so the first yeah. the first two people the first two people we ran into, one guy goes, uh, hey, you're whiskey pickle dick, right? <laughs> and then <laughs> five minutes five minutes later someone's like, You aren't you whiskey pickle joke? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This is just the this is the final push that I needed to yeah. uh, to adopt the moniker. I, I wanted I wanted knife nuts, Jake. I wanted to, uh, you know, for you guys mostly. Uh, and I just I, what I, I found just happened. all of that very amusing. Whiskey pickle dick, yeah. Oh uh, no, whiskey pickle joke was my favorite. Whiskey joke. <laughs> yes. uh, so did you get these Aaron Frederick ones? <laughs> so. Uh, Okay, can, yeah, the, can can we can we can we can we tell the story the way it happened, Jake? Yeah, before you, about how you, before you talk about how you ended up purchasing one of those knives, let's talk mm-hmm. about the prior evening. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're gonna have to take this one because this is like uh, I don't I I won't be able to tell the story properly without embellishing or maybe crying a little bit. Jake has a man crush on this dude, but that's beside the point. And rightfully so. Because hold on, but set it up properly. Right. I had never met him. I, I I happened to have two of his knives. The first one, because I won the grand prize at the East Coast Custom Knife Show two years ago, and the second because of that, you know, knife that I had won, um, it, you know, it sort of piqued my interest in in his work, and uh, it's really underpriced. For, for a custom knife. So the first one was actually a, a, J, a J.W. Smith and Aaron Frederick collaboration. Then I picked up uh, an SMK1, uh, you know, one, just one of his customs. Really reasonably priced, and I still, you know, up, in, up to this show, you know, we really couldn't, I couldn't find anything I didn't like about it. So I was interested to meet him and see uh, what he had brought to the show. And then, you know, at the same time, the uh, Trash Panda project was announced. And uh, we we were really interested in, in seeing what that was all about, and then we got to the show. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. And there, Mario Batali wasn't there. Okay, so and the running go, go the running joke is that in one of the photos of the only photo of Aaron Frederick that you can see on like his knife maker photo. I don't know what you would call it. It's like a headshot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's tiny because it's your his little Instagram profile photo the dude looks like mario batali in that picture precisely when mario batali had hair when mario batali had hair so the evening we get there we get there on on thursday afternoon we get there pretty early um we sell into the hotel Uh, one of my good friends happens to work and live in that same area so she actually came and met us at the hotel and we went out on the town for the evening we were walking around we did on the town in yeah. Jersey City. Let me tell you, like, some decent nightlife. Okay. Not gonna lie. It wasn't, wasn't what I was expecting. No. I, we had a good time. Lots of cool stuff. Great bars. D- good food. Um, interesting music. <laughs> <laughs> we were pretty exhausted, too, because we were walking around. We had done that drive. It wasn't really a long drive. It's like two hours, but it's a lot of traffic. Yeah. I was um, especially exhausted because... My daughter didn't let me sleep the night before, which is why I'm not part of the next part of this story. So the end of the evening comes. Uh, my friend, we're all back in the hotel, 
and and uh, I'm getting calls from you know a couple of knife buddies. Uh, we were, had run into Eugene from Olamic uh, prior that evening uh, for a seventy-five dollar cocktail. For yeah, dude. Oh my god, the prices for those cocktails in that <laughs> in that in that hotel were insane. We had spent like one hundred and fifty dollars in the first four minutes of us being in the hotel bar. Um, but that's that's done. Um, I got so I decided to take a walk over. My friend Caitlin and I we decided to take a walk over to the Westin to see who was in the bar. You know, I'm sure there was going to be a lot of people over there just to say hi to some people and honestly put some names to faces because I wouldn't know who anyone was. Like I met Matt Diskin at that bar for the first time. Like we had no idea. I had no idea what he looked like. Um, so I wouldn't be able to call him out anywhere. Um, Enrique Pena, I met him there too. Awesome guy, incredible knives. We'll put that out there as well. Um, but John Gray took me through and introduced me to a lot of the people. Very, very nice of John to do that too. Um, so he introduces me to this one dude who's standing in the corner, uh, loud guy, kind of just talking about stuff. He's got this giant fixed blade on it, and I realize, oh my god, that's the Trash Panda knife. Trash Panda logo. And John goes, Levon, this is this is Aaron Frederick. And I was like, holy shit, this is Aaron Frederick? So Aaron Frederick is one of God's own prototypes. I meet this guy, completely just a, a, a brilliant southern savant. I don't really know how to, to describe the personality of this guy. Uh, boisterous. Funny, very, very amusing, um, pleasant, very friendly. Um, I got to see the the uh, the trash panda, the trash panda fixed blade, way bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's a much larger knife. Oh, really? How big is it? Because oh, I huge. I really like that trash panda knife. Yeah, uh, it's a big knife. It's the best company name too, by the way. It's ever best made. company name, mm-hmm. best company logo. He showed me some of the T-shirts that he's that he's doing uh really great stuff um awesome knife had a great conversation with him very tired stumble out of hotel back into other hotel jake is half asleep on the on the uh, on his bed and he goes so who was there and i was like um i met aaron frederick and what what, what did you say it's like oh so how mario batali was he and I and I simply said, no, nah, not Jake. He's the least Mario Batali person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> no, not even a little bit Mario Batali. Jake, you can take it from here because the next day became very the the, the whole rest of the weekend was very Aaron Frederick heavy. <laughs> I, I I think you can take it from here because uh, if, if uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this really short because. Um, there's I can't do justice to I can't do justice to any of uh, so I, I had the stories a, man the stories I had a yeah I mean I, I I went home with like a genuine um, ab muscle injury from laughing so hard and I get and that's that's all I can say about it because I'm a 99% certain he's going to be a guest on the show sometime in the near future and uh, I'll let him speak for himself um 
Yes, and I and I, I could say, try and quote him. I could try to. I could try to. He has the thickest, most um, brash, condu- conducive to comedy Southern accent I think I've ever heard. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm picking up a little bit of a draw Southern drawl just just thinking about him right now. Um, <laughs> don't you kick my dog? Um, <laughs> so. I, I I mean, I, the guy just made me laugh so hard for such an extended period of time that it, it my I was just so sad as it, his knives were just disappearing and disappearing and disappearing off his table. And uh, I know I wanted to bring I wanted to bring all of his knives and him home with me to just be my court jester and just live here and entertain me. Levon, yeah, uh, sure. That's why you. Yeah, wanted them. I was gonna say Levon. Sounds like you got competition. Yeah, that's oh, he that's t- fine. He touched my. He touched my ball sack. He touched my. I just went meant, for the whole chode, actually. I, you know, I just meant as a friend, but you know, sure. Anyway, no, no, I don't. I don't the, do the biggest thing, <laughs> I don't do platonic. <laughs> Yikes! The thing is, is that, in all seriousness, when when Brian finally rage quits this podcast. We just when he just said, I've had, we've, I've had enough of this. Fuck this, ha- I'm out! Yeah. Yeah, we, so, have, yeah. we have Aaron <laughs> Frederick waiting in the wings. Levin's like, Aaron, I, yeah, when when Brian Rage quits, you're going to be our next, uh, you're going to be his replacement. He's like, oh, you, you get me a pair of uh, rubber boots and, uh, and a rain sheep. jacket and a sheep and some, I don't know, honeysuckle flavored... Vaseline. And my, I'll, my, I'll let me just the shit out of that with you. The last text I have from Aaron Frederick was says the following: I bet we could go to jail together and have a good time here. Good time there. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm I'm genuinely excited to, to for this interview if it happens. Yeah. So uh, so uh, as if we didn't already kind of want a trash panda, and I didn't already want. Maybe another of his uh, folders. There were uh, many attractive knives on that table, Jake. Early in the yeah, early. so we really nice looking stuff. And I, I got, I got su- sufficiently caught up in socializing, not just with Aaron, but with everyone else too. And so when the uh, when I found out, I actually still had money in my pocket because I was not drawn for the Monaro uh, lottery or the Anso lottery or any of the other lotteries. Um, so I, I went. I ended up buying what I could only call an S90V uh, chodel folder. Chodel, chodel folder. It actually actually does. It's the ugliest knife I've ever seen. It's uh, it's it's a bottle opener. It's a bottle opener. Yeah. Uh, with an S90V blade and uh, some Got very strange proportions. Uh, I would I would say it's the opposite of of like a a flowing Persian. It's like a, <laughs> it's the if it's like your your Hydra is uh, uh, is Doctor Jekyll and Cameron, this thing is Mister yeah. Hyde. It's the antithesis of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, honestly, that's the picture we need to take. Yes, <laughs> is the Hydra next to that? Completely orthogonal designs. I mean, don't get me wrong. The knife works, and it's it's almost a tongue in cheek thing that it's so ugly. It is really ugly. Yeah, and, I'm glad you came out and said that. So I don't. Yeah, and S ninety like. <laughs> It, it makes very little sense. No, here's why that knife does make sense. Okay, because we're we're at a knife show and you've got these 
tables with these really elaborate, um, you know, fancy, beautiful setups for these works of art that, that these guys had worked so hard for. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron included, but, but you, you know, he's the, he was the kind of guy where like we, we showed up on Saturday morning at like 10 o'clock and handed him a beer and he picked up a knife that was for sale on the table and opened the beer with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I was just like, just give me that damn knife, man. I'll buy that thing. What a, just give me it. Christ, get this over with. So that's how I ended up with the chode opener. Well, you almost you almost ended up with the pink one because he he promised the blue one to like some dealer, and I was like, Aaron, he really wanted the blue one. He was like, Oh, I'll just switch it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that dealer doesn't know what he's getting. I'm gonna give him the pink one. But I meant it. So I, you know, we'll have him on the show, and I'm gonna let him speak for himself. Uh, my, the other my other acquisition. Moving on was very closely related to the story that Levon told about the our, our friend who won the uh, Vox lottery mm-hmm. and came over um, with his hands out like he was <laughs> like he was coming over for communion and now, uh, you have to, now I was trying not to say who won it but now you have to now, tell him, now, so now yeah well now it doesn't matter I mean you have to, well, <laughs> you have to tell him his name I mean he makes great knives and he's a really so really sweet yeah, so uh, uh, a friend who used to just be uh, a C4 Kydex Frank is now also knife maker Frank Landau. I yeah. never said his last name, but okay. So He's like Lando Calrissian. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, I have I've been eyeing up his. Uh, he's uh, he's been making knives for what about two two years maybe something like that or or perhaps even less. I don't. I'm, I'm getting yeah. a rough hand, but I've been eyeing up his uh, the John Gray Collective. Yeah, yeah, part part of the John Gray, um, you know, seven thousand square square foot facility of of knives and machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, while we were uh, while we were helping him make some mortgage payments, uh, it just seemed like the perfect time to grab a uh, chisel ground tanto um, from his table, and so that one also just kind of happened. It was the very very end of the show, and. Uh, uh, give me another knife. All right, I'll take that one. Uh, so that that was kind of a uh, an impulse purchase, which is is fantastic. It was great then. It's even better now. It's actually grown on me quite a bit since uh, since I yeah. left with it. So I, I, I mean, didn't think I was going to buy any fixed blades at that show um, because I don't carry fixed blades nearly as often as folders. But I I can guarantee I will find a, a use for this knife because it's that, well, awesome. That, that's- Here's I can pick on you all I want about about the knives you purchased, um, but they have a lot of meaning. They they have a lot of sentimental value there, and they're knives that I know you'll use and you'll carry all the time. Like you're never going to get rid of those knives. You yeah, know I, I, mean? su- I succeeded there. I didn't buy any no. safe queens or or you know uh, you know display queens or whatever. Mm-hmm. I bought two knives that uh, will absolutely Forever get used, and and I yeah. bought two, and I bought knives to support friends both old and new. So um, in that way, it was a success <laughs> for me. Other, otherwise, it was just very, uh, uh, it, it wasn't really planned out like, you know, your uh, typical MO of uh, well-planned knife purchases. This, this was not like that for me, but. No, I, I, it was, and it's funny because the, the irony for me about the Aaron Frederick purchases, because all of his knives are generally like, pretty freaking gorgeous 
He makes amazing yeah. knives. And he he came from the art knives. He came from yeah. art knives. Yeah, well, he's he's married to John W. Smith's daughter. Wait, yes. really? Yes. And, and, wow. and since, because they did not do it, I think it, it it's worth mentioning that, um, you know, so Aaron's brother-in-law, a.k.a. John W. Smith's son, is now making knives as well. He was there. He had knives you know, on his table for sale that looked absolutely fantastic, were really reasonably priced, and he d- was not playing the my dad is John W. Smith card at all. No. Which he was I, like, I feel like he was he, playing the I like Lord of the Rings and all sorts of Tolkien type things. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, very understated, I think, uh, that, you know, there was a lot of potential there. They were all CNC too. Yeah. A lot, of, poten- of, lot of potential there. Yeah. Really nice stuff. Pleasant mm-hmm. fellow too. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, in a nutshell, I didn't, I didn't talk about like the the day one after party in our hotel room, which was an amazing suite provided. Another thanks to Katie, uh, Jake. That was yeah, yeah. My wife, room. my wife uh, uh, funded a uh, the, the, my birthday present. Basically, was this whole weekend. So she uh, uh, arranged for the hotel room because she travels for work and she had like 38,000 points, you know, saved up that she's probably got to get rid of before the end of the year or something like that. So uh, we got a free upgrade to a beautiful, gigantic, hmm, gigantic is an overstatement, but you know. What was funny is they, they took a nice the big suite. two TVs in there. Like they took, put two big Yeah, two, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it was a nice suite. It was a nice suite. So everybody came over to that, uh, to our hotel room uh, in the Double Tree, as opposed to the Westin, and we ordered really crappy Thai food. And yeah. it was just, just a pleasant all-around evening. Yeah, great time. Brian, you, you just up and leave, go home, sleep in your own bed. You know, I see how it is. Yeah, you missed you missed out on the best best parts of the weekend, man. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, at least you were there. I was. I was. Glad Bill that, helped uh, make. Bill helped make some memories too. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. And there was another that you know another guy walking around with a knife nuts t shirt on, also supplied by Katie. So God, multiple shout outs to uh, multiple shout outs to the wife on this one. Yeah, she I was mean, like the yeah, they, they came out hero. Good. <laughs> I think we need more of those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely. You know, maybe maybe you know the. That all the hosts can actually have one. Maybe, yeah, maybe just maybe at least just a fourth one. Yeah, yeah, you know that you know it wouldn't be the worst idea, but so it, it was really easy to find uh, blank XL and double XL, but we couldn't find any youth mediums. So uh-huh. I don't I don't even know what size you are. Maybe we'll take that off air. <laughs> Talk about making making you a T-shirt. I do not have any witty comebacks. <laughs> I will accept that I wear. A youth medium. Sure. <laughs> um, so that's it. That, that is all that I got at the show, right, Levon? Yeah. Did I buy anything else that I am forgetting about? No. No, because you, you just kept acquiring so much stuff. I don't know. There was, I, there I, I genuinely don't know how. I don't know. I, I, I like all of the purchases uh, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Um, but Brian, part of the I reason was, that, I was what really I, hoping Brian would bring some, uh, bring me a, a, a Damascus, a, a Damascus dagger, or it's, it's never happening or something. But he didn't. Nope. Sorry. Yes. 
surprise arch nemesis. So that's why I had to go buy other stuff because I was I was just really sad. So Listen, I, by, I, by the by the time I got there, you already didn't have enough money for one. So that is not true. <laughs> you I had, had you were loaded with shit already. I had enough money till the last minute. That's how I ended up with the box. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> did you not? Did you not get any uh, any uh, lotteries? Live on? No, no, no. Yeah, it seems no. like no one. I got a lottery by default to help. Uh, to help. Uh, yeah, getting the Vox lottery is not so bad. So you no. technically ended up in a pretty decent position there. Yeah, no, yeah. That's what I. That's that's the reason I did it. I I think it was a nice thing to have for a little while, and I'm sure it'll make someone else happy. And hopefully, I can recover a little bit of the funds that. I spent at this show. But, and it wasn't really the money I spent at the show. It's like all around everything else. You know what I mean? Although Jersey City is not very expensive, I found a way to find expensive shit <laughs> yeah, around say, Jersey I City. I didn't think Jersey City was exactly like high-class living from what I understood, but... No. <laughs> it's close enough to New York where they're starting to get yeah, a little bit of a chip. They're getting a little chip on their shoulder here. Yeah, well, they're starting. To, it's starting to get expensive. Yeah. Um, but... And we got to see a guy yell at his band. Nice. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was ridiculous. This they, like, stopped, like... He, he like stopped a song while th- there was a crowd of people watching, including us. We were front and center. Where was this? Uh, we were already drunk at this point, by the way. I mean, I would hope. Was that a bar? What was it? It was like a big... I don't know what it was called. Caitlin like knew a, it. Yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin knew it. So she, wanted, she wants to get close to the, the why? band. I don't and know she why. takes out her phone and starts recording. And apparently the song was supposed to end... And the the drummer kept playing, or the bassist kept playing, or whatever. And it was the, the guitarist. The dude, oh, yeah, guitarist the just went off, and it was awkward silence. And then we like shuffled our way out, <laughs> away from the band, Yelling away the from the set. Like, watch yeah. me, watch me, or some kind of crazy shit. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're out. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was a, a strange way to start the the journey. Great trip. It was a great trip. Great trip. That was my favorite knife show by, by a, you know, by a good yeah. margin. I mean, it had nothing to do with with any of the the knives. Oh, actually, it did because I I also had not seen uh, that many heavy hitters <laughs> uh, in one place at one time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that that was really cool. And if we're this, um, if we're, here's what I need to like you know end on about this. If we were this ridiculous at at the New York knife show. What's going to happen if we all are let loose at Blade next? I really wish you guys would go. Oh, I'm going. It's happening. So you can drive down with Bill and I? Oh, yeah. I'll do that. You guys drive? It's a long-ass drive. I'll fly. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, you're welcome to fly. We drive for a couple reasons. One, it's... um, You don't get your stuff stolen? It's fun, yeah, but yeah, it's the big part is going down with knives and and the contraband that you don't want to bring on a plane. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. I'd be down if we rented like some sort of like coach, a big Winnebago to go down there. Winna- oh my god, that would yeah, be ridiculous. What, what Levon me was is referring to is a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar toter home <laughs> with like a jacuzzi and a pop out and two bedrooms. Well, maybe maybe after I sell this box, <laughs> yeah, you can afford it. That. <laughs> No, I want I want the Todd Begg treatment. I want to charter a private jet to it. Oh my god! That's the only way I'll go to Blade is if we charter a private jet. I just have to say, Brian Brian, Brian Ty was there too. He, he stole that. Like, was he haunting the show or something? 
that that was something we glossed over. I almost I walked basically walked in and was this close to just what hand, is handing over. Wait, 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 wait. What is sound so crispy on this on this? Oh yeah, no, that's Jake's mic. It's fucked. We've been talking. You about haven't noticed that for the past hour and a half. Yeah, it's this fucking, shit, shit's it's, fucked. It's dry. Why didn't insane. you tell me? It's my beard probably rubbing on the damn. Mic I literally did uh, thirty-five uh, minutes ago in the in the hangouts chat. Well, Jake, I thought you were raking leaves or cracking walnuts. I couldn't tell. I just figured ruining ruin the show. Yeah, we're gonna really have to hope that that audacity like remove noise algorithm works. Sorry. Uh, damn, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't see that there were uh, text messages being sent. I was yes. in the zone, man. You really were. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I almost walked in and just handed Brian Ty my all the money, in, all the money that I had, had brought for this amazing uh, integral um, carbon fiber, like unidirectional carbon fiber uh, uh, composite blade tiebreaker. Really, really the auto ones or button lock? No, no, not auto. Okay, I mean they're all really cool, and I mean you know, and all the proceeds probably go to his estate, so that's like nice. (laughs) So you know what? What? First off, yeah, all his knives are super nice, Um, but you know he has that Brian Ty and Friends line. I'm still kind of weary about the name. He was dressed like he was in like on the cover of Sergeant Pepper's, by the way. So basically, like a normal day for Brian Ty. Yeah, he had like, like, like Kelly Green cowboy boots on, and like uh, they weren't really Kelly Green; they were more of a forest green, and like some sort of weird band leader jacket. I don't know what what was going on, but I love him. That's just vintage Brian Ty. It was amazing. Loved every part of that. Um, but I, I have to say, like the. The Bar- Brian Ty and Friends stuff because they have an in- integral titanium production knife. Oh, really, dude? It's it's almost indistinguishable from the custom. Well, that could be problematic for him in the future. I I I don't I I don't I don't get it, but it's super nice. Like both. I mean, there were some nice embellishments on the, and it's not like. The customs were like ridiculously overpriced. Either no, Brian Ty has always been no. very reasonably yeah. priced. Like the, thing. I mean, carbon fiber in, integral was what nine hundred bucks. I think it. Yeah, it was something like that. It was a it, definitely well under eight. They were like they were all between eight fifty and, and nine fifty. Yeah. That okay. I thought it was like eleven. No. eleven for the one that no. I was kind of oogling, but and maybe the one with Damascus or something had was at mm-hmm. eleven hundred, but. The matter. They were all very nice. Um, trying to think of what other makers were there that were uh, uh, the new Olamic little guy, whatever that's called. Uh, you know, I'm, the, drawing, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, you, the small Olamic thumb. The small, hole. which I didn't really, I wasn't really keen on in pictures and stuff. But it makes a lot more sense in person. And by the end of the show, I had really kind of enjoyed uh, the knife. Uh, I might end up with one of those at some point. That for for people who haven't been to a knife show, that that might be a an, the biggest kind problem. of an unknown selling point. There are so many knives that are just so much better in part. Maybe they don't look good in photos, what because they're you know they've got a wacky anno job or whatever, or you just can't grasp the 
size of it in the pictures, but when you get it in your hand, it fits just right. But man, there so many knives that just don't look that great in pictures are really, really awesome in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that I, I mean, found that to be true, like at every show, but especially this one. How about uh, like Vic knives and Shark Nivco? Like the the stuff that they had there, amazing mm-hmm. to look at. Like yeah, they brought... they're gorgeous on on. You know, looking at them on Instagram, you can already tell they're nice knives. But you pick them up, you handle them. They're like, yeah, these are pretty, pretty fucking good. You know, you can't yeah. really fault them at all in in person. You know, there's there's people can say like, oh, why do they cost so much? Why is this, that, that, and the other thing? Because they're fucking awesome. No other reason. <laughs> yeah, that that one, that Tanta one, certainly looked pretty cool. Um, I've uh, for. Years I've been uh, I've kind of had it in the back of my mind to one day just ask um, uh, I I can't remember his name now let's well, tell him a terrible person but to to ask uh, Shark Knifeco about the blade tolerances on the Ryu the Ryu or Ryu model oh yeah 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 that's which insane yeah I mean you're not you're not getting a piece of paper in there even um, and I did I got to, you know he was super super friendly. I, amazing they were at the show they he and his wife had just had a baby and uh yeah, so they, they were both glowing um from from that which was which was fun but also uh they were just you know uh, friendly personable people anyway but i did get to talk to him about it and um he, he responded the same way that uh thomas haka from the sugar the drummer from the sugar responds when people say you know how do you how do you do this amazing math uh, and he was like, it's just, you know, just easy. He was, he said, make, you just have to make sure that the pivot is at a perfect 90 degree angle. And I was like, dude, <laughs> a lot of knives are, are at a perfect 90 degree angle and they can't do that kind of tolerance. And he, but he's, he's, so he was very humble and, and, uh, obviously the, um, the end, end product was just amazing. I like uh, that. Those, those were both, uh, open bids that second day that, you know, was the first time I really got to get get close and uh, they were both open bids that were you know in the th- three four something thousand dollar range so Yikes. we didn't quite come home with one but at least uh at least i got to chat with them i, I um, appreciate that you managed to slip a mashuga reference in there we have, we, to have yeah. at least one uh one metal reference per show to tom he claims not to be a good drummer in uh in interviews so i just sent a picture of sal Monero with that uh that uh, crazy three V sword yeah. Yeti thing. Yeah. I was not expecting him to look like Walter White, but he looks like there. a very like evil badass version of Walter White. Um, there was another new maker there that I found pretty interesting. Um, Doyle, Doyle knives. Yeah, he's been around for a little while, not a long time. Uh, yeah. Justin Laffer had one of his uh, Corsair, I think, is the model. I think that's what point. they're called. Yes, it's a big yeah. clip point. Yeah, it's the Corsair. It's uh, yeah. It's I want one. I I like it. It's very uh, sort of restrained, which I like. Or some well, of them, the at one, least that the I've one seen there had, restrained. One he had there was had like purple black Damascus. So. Okay, yeah, you know maybe not that one, but oh, I, I want it. I want it. Yeah, how much? How much were those selling for? Uh, very reasonably priced. I think they were like that was like nine hundred bucks for that. Yeah, because he's still not like huge, huge, but. Yeah, it's a it's a cool knife, and I like the blade shape. I like clip points. 
it's easy to please me. You're, you're, defi- you're definitely on a on a, a clip point kick right now. I mean, it's an awesome blade shape. It just isn't super popular anymore. At least there was this, there was this maker that didn't speak very much English, and I'm sure someone knew who he was. Um, but he the the most uh, there were no like folders or art knives on his table, but he did have this. I'm gonna send a picture to the group real quick. There it is. It is a Damascus knife and fork. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, if only I could just have this as a silverware. I looked the the one Damascus knife and fork. I think was like twelve hundred bucks. Okay, that's insane. <laughs> maybe a little less than that. And I was like, maybe I could have one knife and fork, but where's the fun in that? That. Um, <laughs> Okay, I, you know, I imagine those didn't really sell very well, but... No, um... No. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. surprise there. But, I mean, that's an, that's an amusing novelty. It was, exactly. It was a very nice knife and fork. Made of Damascus. <laughs> yeah, was there, like, so people talk about a blade that there's always, like, weird novelties? Was, is this the only weird novelty you guys saw, or is there some other weird shit that wasn't selling? Um... Well, there was no beef jerky. That was weird. <laughs> well, wasn't that that maker wasn't there? So. In fact, there was nothing to eat whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were flipping starving. Oh my god, no food, no drinks. Really, I mean, I got a six dollar can of Coke because I was desperate. At one point. Yeah. Next time, you guys got to come to that uh, Italian deli in in Jersey City with us. Their yeah. sandwiches are ridiculous. Yeah, or, or just roll it. Or just roll the cooler in there because we didn't really leave the room. Luckily, Sharon Little Bird acted as as knife show mom and brought like lunch meat to the show and she, and rolled up some turkey and an American cheese for us. I kid you not. That's a serious <laughs> struggle meal right there. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was like feed us. <laughs> All right, if we're going to Blade, then uh, can we please have actual meals? Uh, I was amazed with what you could walk into uh, this knife show with, you know. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of blades, a lot of alcohol, a lot of people. I even took a video of people that were were flipping knives outside of the, uh, uh, in the hallway, like just playing with ballet songs in the hallway. Oh right, we you took that video when we as were we, um... as the elevator doors were closing, right. and they're all just sitting there like. <laughs> It was very strange. I mean, that's what they do, right? Like, I was just hanging around. I don't know if they. I don't know what it is. It's like they're like the street performer of the knife show. Yeah, I feel like I've heard about people at Blade and stuff. There's just like groups of them, just roving packs, and they're all like song enthusiasts. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine what they. I don't know what they got out of being at the show. Like, I didn't see any of them walking around like looking at the knives. They were just outside playing with their ballad songs. Yeah, I think we've mentioned before that there's like a sep- there's a, a separation between knife people and ballad song people. It seems like they would overlap, but they don't the, really. That brings me to to the topic of the people watching at the knife shows because, or shall we say, people smelling? People smelling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. what I thought was going to happen. I just yeah. didn't want to be the one that suggested. There was a lot of people smelling. There was a lot of there was a lot of sweat smell. 
going on. Um, even though it was like like it was like twenty degrees outside, um, it was the cold. It was cold as fuck. Why was it so cold? Because it's winter. Yep. Yeah, but uh, either way, the, some of the people that you see walking around, it's like, how did you? How did you get here? Like. What is your story, man? Tell me, tell me how you ended up with that mohawk. What, what are the decisions and/or mistakes you made to reach this point? Yeah, like, there, like there was this one guy straight up dressed like like a turn of the century magician. This, uh, see, this is what I think. Other people who are not in the knife community think of us. Like they think we all dress like wizards. Then you have like you know people, uh, you know war veterans who are like walking around talking with their buddies like. It's like, how do these people intermingle? Mm. Nosferatu yeah. was there also. Nosferatu Did you see him? <laughs> Tell me there was Nosferatu. a guy wearing a cape. It was the ears more than the cape. He was seven feet tall. He had the ears. He had the pale skin. It was Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Nos- Nosferatu, he was there. As well as, I don't really know, a Count Chocula type individual. Count Chocula. What, you want to elaborate on that? No. So, okay. Uh, just, just a lot of, a lot of strange, strange people. Like, you, I feel like you have to know what the New York Custom Knife Show is before you decide to show up. It's like, it's not like you're like, oh wow, there's a there's a custom knife show in town. Shall we go to this? Yeah, like Maybe? it's not something you stumble into. Right. I mean, I don't know. There was this kid who was at the at the John Gray table, as a, as this is we're just hanging out and, we, and I'm just making small talk with people because that's what I do, um, and he's looking at John Gray's knives. Also, just to throw a shout out, John Gray's splitters at that show were particularly good. Yeah, they all look nice. They're they were nice. Yeah. They were really yeah. nice. Um, Normally, the, when he makes his shit, so yeah, surprised. You know, John, we were pleasantly surprised by you not bringing shit to the show. No, seriously, and they're I, freaking awesome. I love, I love the gray hole. I want to get that out there too. Uh, I don't know what that means. It, it, you know, when you, how many different types of opening mechanisms can there possibly be? I, I would have bet that there's probably not going to be another one invented anytime soon. But he managed to invent a new, uh, new shape or. It was the fuller with, the, with like the oval hole drilled out of the fuller. Oh, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. So he's using a small wheel and went too far and just went with it. And now it's like, it's a th- everyone loves it. And now it's a thing. Right. It's awesome. Well, I mean, I've had plenty of makers say to it, it's like, it's like all happy accidents, you know? It's like a Bob Ross painting. Is that, yes. that, that joke? Brian is, no, I Brian is not, not one of them. Okay. No, I don't agree with that. No, Brian is the opposite of, exactly. of Bob Ross painting. He's like I don't know what I would. He's like an 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 Escher painting. No, well, most of them, most of the makers are, are Bob Rosses, and Brian's more like a serial killer. He's very calculated. Yes, there's a lot of planning that goes into each act, and then uh, execution is. And, and it's done without any any mistakes or remorse. The Edmund Kemper or knives. Remorse. Yeah. Good times. And on that bombshell, no. 
Uh, lost my train of thought. Brian, serial killer. I think you were saying, okay, I think we had enough for this show. Good night. Yeah, it's been two hours. I think I think everyone's had enough of us. Although it is the only Knife Nuts podcast you've gotten for the last month, so we apologize. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind yes. this. Goes so you get a- longer, extra sure. rambling. Yes. And, and just, virtually no structure. Honestly, I'm trying not to leave anything out of, of this particular show so we can move on to our regularly scheduled program next time. Um, one other person I want to mention is uh, Ecom Knives. Oh yeah, I like that guy. He does great YouTube mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, uh, he actually approached us. Um, he said he heard our voices and recognized them from the podcast, but I think he just saw the shirt that that uh, Brian <laughs> and I were wearing and set, and, made, and put two and two together. Um, but uh, he took out the albatross that he's been, and we were all pretty genuinely impressed with that knife. For something with such an awkward blade shape like a like that hawkbill, I think it's a pretty good knife. Yeah, he was he was hoping for some constructive criticism, but we couldn't really find anything we didn't like about it. Let's see if Brian can can pull something insulting out of his ass right now. No, I'm not going to do it. I didn't do it there. I'm not going to do it now. What were you going to? Well, you didn't give him any. You were supposed to give him some criticism, you jackass. I of course I can nitpick on even my own stuff. Oh, there's a there's a lot of little things on every knife that you can find, but overall that I mean it was a it was nice. It was a good build. Okay, he's got the Brian stamp of approval. There goes there goes our ratings. <laughs> yep. credibility. Yeah, we basically only said nice things this whole time. Yeah, who can we throw yeah, under the bus? Was there anyone particularly terrible um, there? That uh, is universally hated, so that like you know we don't court controversy. Oh, I, I, oh I'd love to say the name. <laughs> Why don't you? Nah, I, I don't want to be that guy. This I don't want to be the one to. I don't want to be the one to out him. Um. Oh, did you guys our, meet the the Wieners and Steel guys? Were they there? Uh, I talked to Fast Bandit. Okay, and you met you met Mike too. Mike was standing right there with Fast Bandit. You just didn't realize you met him. No, maybe you didn't. Re- you didn't realize. Oh, that. Yeah, Mike was the 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 littler, darker guy. <laughs> <laughs> How do, what other one? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the littler, darker one. What the? He's fuck? gonna. He, he'll get a kick out of it when he hears it. Oh, that's funny. No, I, you know, there's yeah. some there's some other names nice. here. I'm surprised you guys haven't brought up. Nice people. Go ahead and throw them out there, Dave, because we're probably having a hard time remembering. Yeah, them. Burnley. Lucas Burnley. Oh yeah, there. Burnley was there. Not even interested. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, Psypop Lottery was uh, probably the most activity that room saw. Uh, the Rockstead was apparently there. Did they do their ridiculous yeah. cut test and then tell you oh, their knives are made know, they, like out of mystery? That guy didn't even smile at us. Like he was. Ugh. Let me let me get this out. There were there were two that I can remember right off the top of my head. Um, uh, t- tables that I just I walked by like five or ten times and I couldn't believe there was nobody there uh, you know no no swarm of people no one asking questions no uh, you know nothing 
uh, and it was Rockstead and Koji Hara was there. And there was not a single <laughs> person. He's there by himself at every show. I mean, admittedly, he's, they make weird-ass knives, Koji Hara. And his no one, I don't know. As far as I know, no one went to his table. His, he might as well have been. they make weird, them. like, it's too avant-garde. It's too weird. Uh, it's very Japanese. Yeah, it's definitely just like, it's too out there for me. It's too I, I, I went up to him and I said, is your son here? <laughs> well, he had the uh, the bamboo, uh, the microtech yeah. microtech model. Which what am I? What's oh, the name of yeah, this the one they did collaboration. The closer, oh, yeah. yeah, closer. Okay, well, he had a number of those out on the table. Yeah, but that's I think it's the same one that I saw at X last year. Yeah, but nobody's interested in those. I haven't seen a single one of those out in the wild. Oh, okay. Well, okay, so here's the other thing. What's Trevor Burgers? brand called now isn't it just burger T- knives no, no it's, uh, it's T- tbc tbc so trevor burger customs oh okay maybe oh that, that was a that was an awesome exchange they were, where yeah, i didn't even realize who i was Levin, Levin was like uh there was someone else representing the brand here uh, last year it wasn't you and uh <laughs> blah, blah 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 and and then he, uh, trevor burger and then we both looked down at his Nathan and his back. credentials, and it says Trevor <laughs> Burger. Oh, oops! But you have to understand, he has. And Levon's excuse was like, well, basically a roundabout way of saying you're really forgettable, or <laughs> or all all you South African knife makers look the same to me. I think is what he said. <laughs> yeah, all you guys, all you guys look the same, you know. Yikes! <laughs> oh, no, that didn't, that didn't actually happen. Oh. But but he does have a twin brother. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was really just no, screwing with us. No, then after he, he said that, a twin brother. Yeah, but the, to some extent, he he said that to make you feel uncomfortable and, and like I don't know, maybe tongue in cheek, half joking or whatever. And then after you tried to kind of climb back out of that hole, mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, but I do have a twin brother, by the way, who was here one time." So I'm like, I can't. Does he have a really dry sense of humor, or is yeah. Lev on an asshole? I can't. I both, couldn't tell. Both of those things. <laughs> All right, more people. But that was fun. Okay. Uh, um, Horton was there. Yeah, don't care. I'm sure you couldn't get near. So, yeah, he he was quiet, and there was not the usual crowd, and uh, he had no. There was the crowd. Nothing for sale. That we from what did, I could tell, like, there was two fixed blades. I think Barry Schwartz so. was there. He handled all that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out, hi Barry. I'm still mad because he, uh, he was supposed to show up at the after cool. party. He did. He probably had cooler after parties to be at. No, he fucking fell asleep. Oh, okay, or that. No, I, actually, for the first time, I can uh, <laughs> absolutely guarantee there was no cooler after party than the Levon okay. uh, Casa de Levon or whatever the hell he's calling it <laughs> J- after Jay party. Jay Kobach was there? Yeah, don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He had some of the stuff with some Cerakote and scrapes on it. Oh, uh, Levon sliced his finger open on on a Demco. Oh, custom. the Demco, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, Demco. And then went and got it. I cut myself on, and a, then, on an AD-10. Did you have to buy it And then went and paid $300 for a Band-Aid. I know, I went to the, the table next door, which was the Fellholter table. And that's when I ended up buying that pen because she gave me, I guess, Mrs. Fellholter. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> gave me. I don't, I don't recall. That'll do. Gave me a band aid, and I was like, "Oh, thanks for the band aid." Anarchy rules. Give me that pen. Ron Ron Lake. He makes some crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't think 
I think we may have strolled past, but I don't. I think maybe a lot of his stuff was either gone or probably. he didn't have much stuff on the. He table probably just didn't so. have much. Arch- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pat Crawford was there. Wow, Pat Crawford's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I I posted a video of uh of one of his. We. Yeah, I saw that. We 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 googled at his table for a while. Yeah, he was just a, just super general. nice. Yeah, really yeah. nice. He had a, he had some these really cool uh, like integral exposed backlock knives. Yeah, kind of like the tie lock sort of situation going on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or, yeah, uh, but Levon couldn't work them, so we, we just had to I walk away. I was like, I just, I'm putting this down. Yeah, he was like, your knives suck, man. We left. R J R J Martin. Haven't heard. Uh, was he there? Didn't. No, I didn't see him. Uh, Didn't see him. That would have been a good one for me to have seen and bought. Yeah. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Uh, I was like, oh, I, I should have been like, oh, you know what? I like these, but but there's this guy named Brian Doe that kind of makes knives that are pretty good. I think I'd rather have one of his. Looks just like this. Looks just like this. I forgot about that. Who? Yeah. Oops. Who? Damn. Oh, that's some shame. Who? Oh. oh this... N- never heard of him. Oh, uh, Brian, why didn't you shame. Talk? He was there. We would have gone over there and thrown some shade. Yeah, and I, uh, and I really wanted to buy like a Devastator. RJ's a good guy. I'm not. Yeah, he's a great knife maker too. So. Uh, knife maker, we all love Richard Rogers. Did you guys see any of his stuff? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we saw all the Richard Rogers stuff. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty jealous we of that. We're just really just bitter about not winning any of the lotteries because Seriously. any one of them, any one of them would have made a great addition. There was just one I was kind of secretly hoping would have been mine. It was like all steel, all, all polished type machine titanium with like purple hardware. It was like, oh, Richard Rogers, did you make this for me? He didn't, did he? He didn't make, he didn't no. make it for me. No. All right, last one, Mick Strider. So both the Strider guys were there? I didn't Negative. Mix, there was no Mick Strider there. Oh, he's no, a, Josh, <clears throat> Josh was there. Um, was he representing... What was he? He had a. Strider? I think he had a. Say. He had a couple productions. He had one. Performance uh, series. Stuff. Maybe, like an old hand ground or something like that. There were two, two or three, Dwyer's on that table, but, but very little activity going on over there. Oh, and I guess they he was like really the first. There. He was like the first to pack up and leave. And no, I mean, I would have, I would have noticed if uh, Mick was there. So interesting. They definitely no Mick Strider. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's sponsors. Marfione, Recon One, Zeba, Reich Knife, and Steel Flame. Oh, Zeba was there. Yeah. It's, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, I think Quartermaster was at his table, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah. Sharing tips. That was just a joke, you know. Although, in, in, in Zeba's defense, I did like the, the, the skull the cast bronze backspacer with all the skulls. I, uh, and the bird skull pocket. Clip. I can't do I skulls. Know. I feel like steel flame ruined them for me. I like skulls. I just, what are your feelings on steel flame jewelry, which skulls figure? I mean, I'm not probably. wearing, I'm not going to wear any anytime soon. I'm not like that kind of guy. There's so many dudes at that show that wear like big skull rings and fucking necklaces. Um, and, and kudos to you if you're into that and you can pull off like wearing a gigantic spinner around your neck or something. I just think it's just not it's not for me. But I can admire the artistry, the sculpting, all that. I, I would if I could own that stuff and just put it on a table and admire it. But I would never wear it. 
fair. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I like it, but no. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Yeah, like as an art piece, I can appreciate it, but as something jewelry to wear out and about in public, no. Yeah, I'm all set. Anybody else? Do you want a question? No, that's that was a pretty good rundown. There's, it's a pretty good show. I'm, I'm it surprised by it was manageable in size. Like you could make your way from one end of the room to the other and and see something new each time. You made a pass, so we had a good time. Yep. Cool. Yep, was good. Well, should we call it? Shall we? That was call a long it. one. Yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> Put right, Brian out done. of his misery. Well, thank thanks to everybody for saying hi to us at the show, and and thank you to every one of the listeners who's stuck with us this whole time and through this hiatus. Um, I hope that that's the end of this, and we back to our regular scheduled biweekly program. Um, we'll be returning on the next episode with uh, a guest. Should I say who the guest is? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a surprise to me because I didn't know we had a guest. No, we do have a guest, and you know who it is, Jackass. Oh, that's happening. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, do I know who it is? Yeah, you do. You know who it is. So, okay. the next episode. Um, do I like him? I don't know. I don't, that, we'll find out. We'll find out on the next episode where we are joined by Jim Skelton. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it's happening. Jim Skelton is coming to the Knife Nuts podcast. Should be an interesting one. It should be. It should be. It will be. It will be. I well, was... in the meantime, you can uh, you can send all your questions for Jim <laughs> or to us at uh, knifenutspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram uh, at Metal Levon. Um, Dave? Yep. You can find me underscore misanthropia. I'm not changing mine to knife nuts misanthropia or knife nuts Dave, oh. but yeah. Underscore misanthropia, misanthropia everywhere else. You can find me representing our brand properly, and I am knife nuts Jake on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I got a t shirt. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see about that. <laughs> the t shirts were a, a New York exclusive. It's a, it was a one off. <laughs> we had requests for, for future t-shirts. We want one to say Revis Christ on it. I would or where, where's your Revis Christ now? That's one of the things we want to I was very excited about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, also speaking of the brand, visit knifenuts.net. You can actually listen to the podcast there, reach out to us and you know, see shitty pictures of us. Yep. Brian. Um, you can get me at Sharp by Design on Instagram. We were few words this time. You know that? I was few words. Don't call me, I'll call you. Don't call me, I'll call you. Yeah. Good night, everybody. See ya. Later. Bye.